Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of uh, former Bellator fighters, Liz Carmouche, getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ. One Patricky Pitbull is, uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check them out. If you're at home, check them out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... No! Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life. On this Monday, November 27th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. Welcome back to the program. Beautiful day here in New York City. If you celebrated over the weekend, the long weekend, I hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving. It's one of those where we really took it easy. Thursday, Friday, come Saturday, felt like it was Sunday or Monday. It was all very confusing, but I had a great time. Played a little uh, two-hand touch on Thursday, Thanksgiving tradition, pulled a hammy, so I'm officially old. Uh, Threw two touchdowns, thanks for asking, so I felt good about that. Took it easy the rest of the day, went skating on Saturday, and what a weekend it was in combat sports. I mean, I had a great time. Friday, Saturday, it was banger after banger after banger. A lot to dissect, a lot to digest, a lot to discuss, and I'm excited to do so in the first 30 minutes of this program. A fascinating weekend in the world of combat sports, and the fun doesn't stop. It never stops. This weekend, we have four more pretty big events. Uh, We've got the UFC in Austin, which is a really good card. Top to bottom, I like this card a lot. You've got the BKFC fight, Eddie Alvarez, Mike Perry. Yes, it's already here. Feels like they just announced it already here this weekend, this Saturday, Salt Lake City. Uh, you've got the return of Ryan Garcia. You've got the return of Mick Conlon over in Northern Ireland. There's a lot to like this weekend as well. So strap on your seatbelt for that. We're going to get into everything, have a lot of thoughts, and some great guests to speak to on today's program. As always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with the code the MMA Hour, because life's more fun when you're in on the action. 
DraftKings, the crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Eligibility. It's a real tough one. Eligibility restrictions apply. Eligibility restrictions apply. Also, I want to let you know that today's uh, program is presented by our good friends over at Cash App. Support for this show comes from Cash App. Perks are great, but they always come with a cost, right? Nope. With Cash App, you can get the best of both worlds, discounts and offers for free. What kind of perks? How about discounts on your favorite retailers or pre-sales to concerts or upcoming fights? So many more. While it can't solve all your problems, Cash App can make your money go further all with no hidden fees. That's money. That's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play and start collecting those perks today. So thank you very much to DraftKings and Cash App for their support. Back into the show, we'll check in with the guys, see how they did, see how the parlay pals or boys did. Old habits, die hard. Also check in on GC, see how he did uh, this weekend as well. Prior to that, we'll be joined by the Pride of Quebec. Olivier Aubin-Mercier, who has now gone back-to-back in the PFL tournament. He defeated Clay Collard on Friday in the main event of the PFL season finale, so to speak. Uh, He's now won that million-dollar prize twice in a row. Remarkable story for a guy who was released from the UFC, signs with the PFL, and has now gone 10-0 in the PFL with back-to-back championships Alluded to a possible retirement. I feel like he's got to get at least one more in there, especially with this Bellator invasion coming. But we'll talk to Olivier Aubin-Mercier, a.k.a. OAM, a.k.a. the Canadian gangster later on in the program. Prior to that, the pride of Australia, the one and only, the undefeated, the Olympian, Sky Nicholson, will join us. Second time. First time was at the beginning of the year here in studio. She returned to action this Saturday at the Three Arena in Dublin. Improved her record to 9-0. and She's the WBC interim featherweight champion. That's 126. And wouldn't you know it, as I predicted on Wednesday, a TKO win for Sky Nicholson, who may in fact be next for Amanda Serrano at 126 pounds. Serrano's the undisputed champion at 126. One of those belts that, of course, she is the you know owner of, for lack of a better word, is the WBC belt. She did not defend the WBC belt a few weeks ago when she fought in Orlando because WBC did not want to recognize the 10 three-minute round fight. And so it's going to get really interesting here. Sky very open about her desire to fight Serrano. We'll talk to her about that and talk to her about the scene on Saturday. Many more thoughts about Saturday's fight between Katie Taylor and Chantal Cameron in a moment. So... Just sit back and wait a sec. Joe Pfeiffer is going to join us. Uh, It was announced on Friday, string of announcements from the very festive Dana White that Joe freaking Pfeiffer is going to headline his first event as a UFC fighter on February 10th. He'll be going up against the, uh, the veteran, Jack Hermanson. Big step up for him. Like this opportunity for him. Uh, Hermanson hasn't fought in 2023, had two fights canceled and uh, now he returns to action. He's been there, done that. This is a great fight for Joe Pfeiffer. We'll talk to him about the opportunity uh, in about a little over an hour's time. 
We'll also talk to Impa Kasangane, who may have been the best story of the PFL event this Friday. He wins the million dollars. He beats Josh Silvera in the light heavyweight fight. This was the guy who was brutally knocked out by Joaquin Buckley in late 2020, about three years ago. Uh, he bounces around, gets on the Challenger Series, gets through the tournament, wins the million, and now is on top of the world. What a story. Uh, was living in his car not that long ago. It's an amazing story and a really um, a heartwarming story and you know one that PFL should be proud of. You know, these are the opportunities that we give guys, um, you know, who may not be household names, who may not be big stars, but if they can get through the system, they too could be big time winners. And uh, Impa Kasangane is one of those. So a huge, huge win for him on Friday. And then prior to that, in his first interview in a very long time, this guy never does interviews, uh, Bellator executive, or should I say former Bellator executive, Mike Kogan, who has been in the fight game for decades with the likes of K1, uh, worked as a manager, has been with Bellator for about a 10-year stretch, former manager of the likes of Roy Nelson and Nate Diaz and King Mo Lawal and many others. Uh, he was at the PFL event on Friday. Curious to see if he is going to continue. You may have seen a lot of Bellator fighters singing his praises over the last uh, week or so. I have referred to him as sort of the Al Heyman of Bellator, where he likes to be behind the scenes, but really is getting things done in terms of uh, the deal-making is concerned. If Scott Coker was Dana White, he's Hunter Campbell, if that makes any sense to you. He's the one doing the negotiations and and getting the deals done, and it, it seems like PFL wants him to stay. He was at the event, as were a bunch of Bellator fighters, Great idea that was. Yes, of course it was my idea. I told Don Davis right here, face to face, you should bring out the P- uh, the Bellator fighters to the PFL event. And he was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then I was asking people, are you going to the event early in the week? And no one had any sort of confirmation. And then all of a sudden I see all of them sitting cage side. And it was great. And it was probably the highlight of the event, if I'm being honest. Uh, anyway, we'll talk to Mike Hogan about all of that and his future with the potential new company now that they have officially merged. All right, let's get into it. I'm very excited to talk about the weekend that was. So like I said, uh, Thursday was Thanksgiving. Hope you had a lovely Thanksgiving if you celebrated it. Friday, we had the final PFL event of 2023. Now I must say, it was a long-ass event. It was a long-ass event. And this weekend recap, of course, thank you, Frank, is brought to you by our good friends over at Cash App. There was a lot of cash that was exchanged on Saturday, or Friday, I should say. Uh, A bunch of people made a lot of money. $6 million checks handed out, not to mention the big dogs like Kale Harrison in action. You know she gets paid a pretty penny, as she should. This is the problem with these events. Six fights with the potential of going 25 minutes each is just hard to get through. And one of those championship fights was on the prelims. It just, it, it drags, it drags. And, you know, I don't know what the, I don't know what the answer is here. Do you spread them out over a couple events? So you give like two, it's shine. And, and maybe now with more fighters, you can do a stretch of three weeks where it's two, two, two. I don't know what the answer is, but six title fights, especially when a lot of them are going the distance makes for a very long event. Their production, in my opinion, has come a long way. It looks good. It's flashy. It has sizzle. Uh, I think their broadcast team is great. Sean O'Connell, Kenny Florian, Randy Couture, Dan Hardy, they all do a great job. They're all well-respected. They all speak well on the microphone. It's, it's a nice package. It just went a little too long is the problem. 
Um, it's hard. It's it's really hard to watch fights that just aren't moving. I know Don Davis spoke about this afterwards. You know, you want the knockouts, and it's not always going to happen. This isn't pro wrestling. You can't script the fights, but it just there wasn't a ton to write home about. Um, I don't know how many of the winners from Friday are big time stars. I would say the biggest name of them all, Olivier Aubin Mercier, is now talking about retirement. So not great, but there were positives. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Kayla Harrison returning, big time positive, looked solid, got the win over Aspen Ladd. That's great. Derek Brunson looked solid enough, um, had a had a nice win over Ray Cooper who missed weight. The other problem is I understand that you know elbows are a problem in the tournament. I don't love that they don't use elbows. It's weird to me. In the finale, you should be able to use elbows, in my opinion. Um, and especially if you're involved in a non-tournament fight, why shouldn't you use elbows? Um, and so you wonder if a fight like Derek Brunson or a Kayla Harrison fight would end uh, earlier and not go the distance if elbows were a thing. This is a part of the sport. I don't like that they take that weapon away. I could sort of understand it if it's part of a tournament. Still don't really love it, but I get it to a degree. Final event of the year, non-tournament fight, you should be able to use it. Um, There are nice stories. It's great to see these guys make a million dollars. To me, the highlight of the event was the integration of the Bellator guys. Seeing them cage side, seeing some of them come into the cage, the likes of Patricio Pitbull, made it feel exciting. Um, It would have been great if they had a date for this Bellator PFL, you know, tete-a-tete, if you will. That would have been great. Um, My understanding is they're hoping to do it in the first quarter, maybe late Feb. Uh, There's a chance it could be a Saudi event, a chance. All of this is very much up in the air, witness the fact that they didn't even have many details on on, uh, Friday. Part of the issue is, of course... You know, you have to see if these guys are healthy. We're talking about an event in a little over two months. Um, And if I were them, I wouldn't necessarily tie myself to a Bellator PFL champions card because, again, as we've talked about over the last week, that leaves out a Johnny Eblen or Apache Mix. I would do Eblen versus Derek Brunson and just make it PFL versus Bellator. And you only have really one chance to do that. You only have one chance to do the PFL guys versus the Bellator guys because then eventually it's all going to get mixed together. And so you need to do it the right way and uh, you need to try to maximize it and leaving guys like Eblin, who were there, uh, who was very honest on the broadcast that he's not really sure what this means for his future would be somewhat of a shame. But having them there was really smart. It reminded me of the, it reminded me of the time that the WWE guys showed up to Hammerstein Ballroom back in the day for ECW One Night Stand, and they were sitting up top. Or it reminded me of the time when the WCW guys showed up at WrestleMania 7, and they were sitting, excuse me, 17, no, uh, was it 17, X7? Yeah, it was X7 in Houston, and they were sitting in uh, one of the uh, the suites. But this time, they were all around the cage. Which I, th- I thought it was cool. That, that, to me, seeing the integration, seeing the way they were built up, seeing how you know they were trying to build to 2024, was all very exciting, but as we've said, now you have to, you know, now you have to put it into practice. One part to me that blew my mind, I saw a, uh, a press conference afterwards with Don Davis, which I love the fact that he's now speaking more, and I think he should be the, the mouthpiece and the face and the voice. He has a certain zest, a certain excitement when he speaks. I like it. 
I couldn't disagree with him more about one thing that he said. He said he would like to do the Chris Cyborg versus Kayla Harrison fight, but you got to do Pacheco versus Cyborg first. What? That to me is crazy. That is, to steal a line from my old colleague, Luke Thomas, promotional malpractice at its finest. We have been talking about Kayla Harrison versus Chris Cyborg for, what, two, three years now? There's a chance... Please don't get mad at me, Chris, but this is fighting. Things happen. There's a chance that Larissa Pacheco beats Chris Cyborg. Uh, she's very good. If you haven't noticed, she just won the last two tournaments, and uh, she won them in two different weight classes, 55 and 45, and has a win over Kayla Harrison. Why would you risk that? Again, forget about this champion versus champion thing. Just make it PFL versus Bellator and do Kayla versus Cyborg. They have a history. They have a beef. They have, they ha- I mean, Chris has a, a freaking website that she bought with Kayla's name in it that leads back to the fight. It would be crazy to me to not do that. Of all the potential Bellator versus PFL fights, that's probably the most intriguing one. And, and if you risk it by putting Pacheco in there against Cyborg, you're taking a very big chance that this fight never comes to fruition. It's here. She's finally your fighter. She's finally under your umbrella. And I know she's upset that she didn't get the invite and all this stuff, but she's under contract now. To you, you got to make that fight. You have to. Like, this is not the time to get cute. This is not the time to be like, oh, this person's a champ and we need to do champ. No, this is the time to make the biggest fights possible. You only get a chance to do this once. There's only one shot to do this, like, in a true PFL Bellator. These are the PFL guys. These are the Bellator guys. This is the, this is the best fight that you can make, the most intriguing fight, the one that has the most history and the most heat. Some of the other fights are great, but there's no history and heat there. There's no heat between... Uh, Pinedo and, and, and Pitbull, this one has heat. This has like two, three years of heat. What are we doing, Don? Come on. You got to make that fight. Trust me on this one. Make that. It's Kayla versus um, it's Kayla versus Cyborg. And the winner can fight Pacheco. And then you have a great story. And maybe Pacheco doesn't want to do the tournament anymore. So now you have a great story. Kayla versus Pacheco or Cyborg versus Pacheco. These are all very intriguing fights. You got to do that one first. So anyway, big stuff coming for PFL I suspect uh, they'll announce the TV deal in the near future here in America. Seems like ESPN is the spot. Who I don't know where they'll go with Bellator, and uh, you know they'll have their Challenger series, and hopefully we'll get to see the Europe, you know, um, fights the the, Euro, the European cards, and if they do Africa and they do, uh, hopefully we'll get those. There's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, is Francis going to fight? When is Francis going to fight? Is Jake going to fight? When is Jake going to fight? There's a good chance both of them don't fight next year. There's a very good chance. This could be a thing. And so let's see. Now they got their pieces. You know, now they've got their momentum. Let's see if they can put it into practice. So that was on Friday. Then we get to Saturday. And Saturday was just a trio of events that was supremely fun. Matchroom event in Dublin. Golly, did I have FOMO watching this. I so wanted to be there. Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron. It felt like Taylor's career potentially was on the line. She had lost the first fight back in May, fair and square. Cameron appeared bigger, stronger, faster, younger than Taylor. This time around, a lot was made of the fact that Taylor wasn't doing a lot of media she was supposed to come on this show, didn't come on this show, among many other shows and interviews. No hard feelings, still love her. Um, was not going to soak in the ring walk, was not going to put too much pressure on her show. Going out there to win, to try to get those four titles at 140 and prove all the doubters wrong. And she did all that. 
She talked very little. The ring walk was super quick. The freaking crowd, the three arena was on fire. It was electric. What a scene. Ed Sheeran was there. The place was amazing. And the fight was even better. Golly. If you have not watched this fight yet, please. I know, I know it's tough to watch fights sometimes when you know who the winner is. Do yourself a favor and watch this. This was fighting at its best. This was boxing at its best. This was women's boxing at its best. Whatever you want to say, it was incredible. It was amazing. It was, it was hard to score. I don't agree with the 98-92 in favor of Taylor. I am totally fine with the 96-94. I'm fine with the 95-95. In the end, I do think Taylor won, and I like that 96-94 scorecard a lot. Back and forth. They were, they were just going meeting in the middle like two bulls, head down, swinging for the fences. Now, unfortunately, there were some head clashes, and, and Cameron suffered a cut. But she was as game as can be, and as was Katie Taylor, reminding everyone who she is, that in my opinion, she's the greatest female boxer of all time. And I know this has upset a lot of people, including the Clarissa Shields fans. And that's fine. That is my opinion. Just like the pound for pound list is, is, is subjective, my opinion. I've said this. This is not a new thing. And what about that money moment of the week? What about Ed Sheeran in the locker room? I mean, this is amazing stuff. Last week was a really tough week in Ireland. Uh, it was a very divisive week. And I was talking with my good friend P.T. Carroll. Isn't it amazing that when it seems like Ireland is, is struggling in a really bad way, it's the patron saint herself, the pride of Ireland. No athlete, dare I say, no you know, celebrity, if you want to call her that, more beloved. And as Eddie Hearn always loves to say, there's not a single person out there who says a negative thing about Katie Taylor ever. She's the one fighting to bring the country together to make them forget about a horrific week with tragedies, multiple tragedies occurring. She's the one back home, rights the wrong, gets the win, gets the homecoming, unites the country, at least for one night. Just beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Please, for the love of God, give us Croke Park in 2024. Please, for the love of God, make that happen so we don't have to hear about it anymore and ask what if, what if, what if, and why not. And there's really two big options. There's the Cameron trilogy, which I sort of feel like at this point needs to happen because Cameron was a great sport about all of this. And I know that it was the biggest fights possible for her, but golly, she just lost her belts back-to-back in, uh, in Ireland. She deserves that, or it's the Amanda Serrano fight. Um, I suspect the Cameron fight would be a lot easier to make. She is promoted by Eddie Hearn as well. It would make a lot of sense. And you don't have to co-promote with anyone else to make it happen. So happy for Katie, though. It was hard to watch back in May. And it was heartbreaking to see her lose her, her debut, her homecoming. And so to see her come back home and get a win like that, one of the best fights I've ever seen, just absolutely amazing. It was riveting. It truly was. I loved every second of it. And the card was great. Gary Cully gets the big win. Thomas Carty gets the big win. Patty Donovan gets the big win. It was the complete opposite of May. All the big Irish stars got wins, and, uh, and Ireland was buzzing. And now they get Mick Conlon in Northern Ireland on Saturday. So an amazing fight. And uh, just I have so much respect for both of them and thoroughly enjoyed it. Then we get to Survivor Series on Saturday night, and I'm locked in, and I'm watching that, and I'm watching Benavidez, the final Showtime boxing pay-per-view. And uh, it was a great, you know, great card, war games, all that stuff. And then they hit the copyright, and then they go to the zoomed out, you know, fishbowl camera, 
And then Cult of Personality plays. Look in my eyes. What do you see? One of the biggest holy shit moments, if not the biggest, in the history of pro wrestling. Two other times, I thought there's no chance this guy's ever coming back to WWE, and they came back. This one feels different. The other two times, Hulk Hogan, when he came back in early 2000, it was 2002 uh, with NWO, and then, of course, later on, Bret Hart. The Bret Hart one was obviously very personal, but a lot of time had passed. And there you see CM Punk, a.k.a. Phil Brooks, and Triple H, a.k.a. Paul Levesque, head of, 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 of content, chief content officer of WWE, taking the picture together back in Chicago. That music plays almost exactly 10 years to the day that he walked off. And remember, we interviewed him at home right after that Royal Rumble. It had gotten so personal. And I'll be honest, I had developed a really great relationship with CM Punk over the years. And we have talked a lot about pro wrestling and we have talked a lot about his relationship with WWE. And just based off that, and I'm not telling you any deep, dark secrets, and we aren't as close as we once were, and that just happens over, over time, but I just never thought in a million years that he would come back because it got so personal, because of the things he talked about, because of the staph infection, because of the getting the papers on his wedding day, because of everything that he had said and they had said and the back and forth and AEW and all that stuff. And now to see him back on WWE programming, on the road to WrestleMania, appearing on Raw tonight, holy shit. That might be the one. I just, I never thought that they would get it done, that they would be able to fix the the broken relationship. But here are two things that I think people have overlooked in the last 48 hours when talking about this. Number one, in the pro, there's actually three things. In the pro wrestling business, as we have learned with Hulk Hogan, with Bret Hart, with Ultimate Warrior, you never say never. It's maybe the one business out there where grudges don't exist. They may, they may persist, but at the end of the day, they can all be repaired, they can all die off, and everything can be fixed with a handshake because it's what's good for business. And we've seen this time and again. Vince McMahon isn't as big a part of WWE as he once was, uh, but that was always his mentality, for better or worse. Say what you will about the guy. He was always willing to make a deal if it was what was good for business. And so this is an extension of that. So ultimately, we should never be surprised and we should never, ever, ever say never in the world of pro wrestling. Um, we've seen too many guys, Bray Wyatt came back last year, et cetera. Which leads me to the next point. The next point is this is a different era and it's a company being run by Nick Khan, who as I always talk about, my former agent. And so I know him a little bit. And, and what you have to remember is that he is coming into this with fresh eyes. He is not coming in with a grudge. He is not coming in with that baggage. He is not coming in with, uh, you know, any animosity towards anyone. He is coming in with one objective and one objective only is to win. And let's be honest. They're, you know, in a whatever you want to call it, battle with AEW. And his objective is to win there. And so they'll get Cody Rhodes and they'll get Jade Cargill and they'll get CM Punk because ultimately that's a win over AEW. And there's been a lot of wins lately. There have been a lot of wins. AEW gets their, you know, they get their Adam Copelands and their Daniel Bryans, et cetera. But this is a freaking win, especially after what happened just a few months ago with AEW and CM Punk. And the other thing that I haven't seen a lot of people bring up in the wrestling business is uh, CM Punk, like me, for a while, was represented by CAA. He has a previously existing relationship with Nick Khan. And that was a huge part. And I was surprised a lot of people maybe didn't know that 
or um, didn't put two and two together. And so that's a massive bridge that was already in place in order to make this happen. Now, does it happen because of this? Was it a fact? Who, who ultimately knows? And we'll get some answers. I'm sure we're not going to get these kinds of answers, but he is going to speak tonight on Monday Night Raw, and the numbers are going to be great, and it's going to go through the roof, and it's great to see. It's great to see him back where he should have been all along. It's great to see the relationship repaired, at least for now. I hope it ends up being a good deal for all involved. I hope it works out. I hope it... He's too big of a legend, too big of a superstar, too big of an icon for his career to have just fizzled out after, you know, whatever happened a few months ago uh, with AEW. It, it shouldn't end that way. And so let's see. There's, you know, there's a lot of baggage there with Roman Reigns. There's a lot of baggage there with um, Seth Rollins and, and many others. I am fascinated to see where this uh, goes. And, and on a night where Randy Orton returns, on a night where Stephanie McMahon is sitting in the front row, all of that just gets, you know, forgotten about because the best in the world came back. Crazy stuff. Absolutely crazy stuff. That was, that was shocking. But it was a moment. Holy shit. Did you hear that pop? When that song played, and to do it in Chicago, brilliant. What was so great about it was, it, it seemed like one of those internet rumors that was just kind of persisting over the last few weeks. And it just seemed like one of those classic ones that would never come to fruition because no one broke the news and it just seems so far-fetched, like The Rock returning last year at WrestleMania or whatever, that everyone was going to go home unhappy. And then the event seemed to end, and they put up the copyright bug, and then it happened. One of those rare, true surprises. Uh, it was brilliant. A reminder as to why pro wrestling is so much fun and uh, why it's so great. So I love that, and I can't wait to see where that all, you know, where that all goes. And then when that was done, I watched David Benavidez lay the smackdown on Demetrius Andrade, uh, a very, very impressive performance. And now I want to see him versus Canelo next. The big question is, where is PBC going? That was the final Showtime boxing pay-per-view and just the second-to-last event ever. The last one is going to be in December in Minneapolis, headlined by David Morrell. Uh, what I'm hearing right now is that PBC is very, very close to a deal with Amazon. And so we'll see what happens there. Uh, and so there will be events that if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, just like if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber who wants to watch the NFL, you can get those games, and then there'll be certain games or fights, I should say, that will be behind the pay-per-view paywall uh, on Amazon and on traditional pay-per-view platforms such as ppv.com, in-demand, cable, satellite, etc. So that could be the new home now that the Showtime deal is done. And you need that home, you need that platform, because if you don't have that platform, it's going to hard to book fights like Crawford Spence, which looks like it might be in March, like uh, Benavidez and, um, and Canelo, like a Tank Davis fight. You need that platform, and so hopefully that comes to fruition. And there's a new player in the world of boxing. Is it not fun? Are we not having a great time? The combat sports world is a fascinating place right now. I just talked about four events spanning three different forms of combat sports. And there's just like a litany of things. I mean, I could talk three hours about all those events combined. And we'll talk more about them with the guys as the show rolls on. Can't wait to get into all of it and more. Hope you were able to watch as many of those as possible. Let us get to our first guest of the day. Rarely does this individual do interviews Rare if ever. In fact, I think the last time he was on this show might have been one of his last interviews, and that was about 10 or so years ago. 
the reason for his lack of interviews over the last decade uh, most likely was because of his job. He was a Bellator executive for the better part of the last decade. And uh, now he's a big-time free agent. As I said at the top of the show, he was at the PFL event on Friday. But right now, his status is somewhat unknown. I have called him the Al Heyman of Bellator because he's behind the scenes getting deals done but not speaking to anyone. Uh, yeah, I've compared him to Hunter Campbell at the UFC. Uh, he is, you know, part matchmaker, part executive, part um, problem solver, a jack of all trades, if you will. He is Mike Hogan, and he is kind enough to join us right now. There he is. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hey, Ariel. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to talk to you again. It has been a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, figured every decade or so. We yes. Get together. All right. Um, yeah. All right. So thank you for joining us. I, I think a lot of people are very curious uh, to hear from you because you're one of those guys, like for people like me, I, I, I knew what you did behind the scenes for Bellator and understand how important you were to the success of the promotion. And now curious to know where you go from here. And so let me ask you uh, off the bat, what has the last few months been like for you as it has been sort of like the worst kept secret in the, in the sport that, you know, Paramount Viacom are going to get out of the fight game and that this PFL deal was pending for you since you poured so much into the brand over the past decade, what was that like? You know, it was, I mean, it was bittersweet. It's, it's kind of like, um, you know, you know, the end is coming and, and you don't know when it kept getting pushed back and pushed back. It was obviously a very complicated deal and um, powers that be were dealing with it. But, you know, on our end, it was just uh, kind of like, um, you know, enjoy the moment. You know, I think we can, we went out with a bang. I think we put on some of the great greatest fights we've done in the last three, four shows, um, you know, as we were winding down. Um, and also it was kind of like, let's try to fight as many people as we can. Some of our cards had you know, 18 fights yeah. on there because, we, you know, we didn't know what what the schedule is going to be like, what, what's going to happen in the future. And, you know, we felt like a lot of these guys are old fights and we should just do them. So, you know, we loaded it up. It was it was a lot of fun. I think our last show was in Chicago was, you know, spectacular. Uh, were you hoping that someone would buy Bellator and take it in a completely different direction? In other words, were you somewhat worried about the purchase or acquisition by PFL because that would mean a merger as opposed to just a new owner and running it separately? You know, um, for myself, I was obviously, I felt like post-pandemic, we kind of came out as this Bellator 2.0 you know, where the legacy fight, the legends fights, all that stuff was kind of behind us. And we were coming out with uh, the, the young guns and, and, the, and the guys that we were able to raise. You know, our very first show out of the pandemic was Patchy Mix fighting Juan Archuleta for 135 pound title as a main event. You know, we've never done that. Two homegrown guys fighting for titles. And from there on, I thought we had the momentum, um, you know, where the roster was growing and building and a lot of the the younger talent we've been investing in over the years was was coming to, you know, pay dividend like AJ McKees of the world, Aaron Pico, so on and so forth. Johnny Eblen, you know, kind of came to bloom right after uh, pandemic. So uh, for me, yeah, I mean, I would I would I would love to see this product continue. I think it's on the right trajectory and with the proper um, TV exposure and and marketing, I, I think it can be something special. Um, what PFL's plans with it are are yet to be on you know remain unknown. They did say they're going to run Bellator in 2024, so 
um, you know, hopefully they will see the value in continuing the brand and keeping it. Um, we'll see. But yeah, what I'd rather seen, you know, somebody come in, inject a bunch of money, get us on a on a bigger TV platform, and kind of keep the momentum going. Yeah, probably yes. So we. But have... that's not to say PFL is not going to do that. Nobody knows what they're going to do. Sure, so sure, we'll sure. See. Yeah, of course. Uh, only time will tell. Uh, a, a lot has been said, and I'm wondering how much you could say about you know the relationship with. Showtime slash Paramount Viacom that they didn't give you the right support, the right marketing as they did with boxing. Can you can you speak on that? Did you feel like they weren't showing you the same kind of love? Um, you know, this is probably why I haven't been allowed to do interviews in the last decade because <laughs> yeah. I tend to say things that upset people. I don't know if it's Showtime per se. I don't want to point the finger at Showtime and say specifically, you know, everybody else was in line to fall over to promote us and then Showtime was keeping us down. Um, I don't think that's a fair assessment. I think Showtime was a dead network when we got there. Um, and three months later, the CEO of Viacom comes out and goes, yeah, this is a dead network. We're going to shut it down. So I, I think by virtue of where we ended up, it was kind of like the beginning of the end. I mean, we went from, you know, Spike being in 93 million households down to CBS Sport, which was still in 54 or 55 million households to a paywall with 25 million subscribers, you know, that it's kind of going backwards. Uh, so that definitely didn't help. Um, I think Showtime might've tried and do whatever they can do, but there's only so much they can do. And they're sitting behind a paywall um, and their subscriptions were dwindling down. Um, so I, I don't know that it's Showtime per se. I just think, you know, um, in a corporate structure, that is so multifaceted and has so many shows and so much product, um, we just kind of got lost and we were just being ping-ponged around. So last week I had Don Davis on the show, uh, PFL founder, and uh, we spoke about a lot of the employees and we spoke about you. And he very clearly wants you to come over to work for the new uh, Bellator. And I saw that you were at the event on Friday. I'll ask you specifically about the event in a moment, but just curious. Are you coming over? Do you have a deal with Don Davis and the PFL to come over and run the new Bellator? Um, I don't have a deal with Don. Uh, I, I have met with him and talked to him uh, a little bit. I actually have a meeting with uh, with Don and Pete this week uh, to kind of talk a little more about what that's what that deal would look like and what it would be like. Um, I'm, I'm definitely interested. I, I believe um, I still have plenty to offer in this space. Um, you know, slowly, slowly I've creeped into, you know, almost 25 years in this industry from, you know, hell, from seeing you sitting in, in, in a hotel lobby, editing yeah. your own shows to, you know, here you are a big superstar. So, you know, I, I think I've had a long journey and I have, I have a lot of experience and, and I can offer a lot. Um, so, you know, we're going to meet, we're going to talk. I, I believe uh, a big part of me joining is going to depend on under what terms. And, and I don't mean just money. I mean, you know, what am I there to do? If I'm there to make a difference, make a contribution, my voice will be heard, then I'll probably be very interested in joining. If I'm there to just kind of implement whatever, you know, whatever strategy somebody else has, then I probably will pass. I, I think I'm, it's not my sure. cup of tea. Right. No, I, I definitely know that, uh, knowing you. Um, what would the role be? I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, so when they say that we want you to come over, they're they're not talking specifics just yet. That's what this call or meeting is going to be about. Just 
Yeah, they just said, you know, we want you to come over. We want you to, you know, work with the roster, work with the fighters. But I, I don't know. I have no idea. Would that be Bellator only, or would that be for the entire PFL? My understanding was it was to look at the entire roster and how it integrates, and um, you know, integrate some of the rosters and bring some of the fighters over to the PFL side to be part of the the season and the, and the tournaments, um, and then also build a, a championship type of caliber shows around for Bellator. I believe the new name they will be using is like Bellator International Bellator Championship yeah. Series or something like that. So, you know, part of that will be the the bigger fight, the champions. Um, obviously, probably some of the guys in the weight classes that, that PFL currently doesn't have, like 135, 185. Um, you know, but I don't know. We've had very kind of, you know, top-line conversations without, without digging into anything. What role would you like? If it was up to you and they said, Mike, what do you want to do? What's your ideal situation? <laughs> Let's just say what they offer. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, ideally, I'd like people to get out of my way and let me do my thing. I think I could do it pretty well. Well, w- would you like to be a face? Like, would you like to be the guy at the dais saying, in addition to all the other stuff behind the scenes, you know, the guy doing the interviews, the guy saying, this is why you need to watch, you know, every promotion kind of needs that guy. I think, would you like to be that guy? Um, if I'm, if I'm the best person for it, then yes, I, I don't really care. Like to me, it's not important who is doing it. So long as it's done right. And the messaging is there. And, um, you know, somebody has to narrate this thing, right? Uh, I believe in MMA, you know, fans expect a person to narrate the company's direction and the fights and some of the fights to be made and some of the fights not to be made. And without that narrative, you're just kind of producing content, right? And you're just throwing it out there. And then you're leaving it to everybody else's interpretation as to what they think is going on and what they think is happening. And then you have reporters that are speculating and everybody's speculating, right? Somebody needs to be able to say, this is what we're doing. Uh, this is why these people are going to fight. This, I think this is going to be the next this and the next yeah. the next that and whatever it is. And I believe that, you know, it doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have, you know, it can be somebody else, um, but it has to be somebody. Uh, somebody has to narrate. Somebody has to tell the story uh, and get you excited. Um, and I believe it's somebody that, you know, has to be somebody that knows about fighting <laughs> and, and somebody that when they speak, you know, somebody will listen and be like, okay, I, I totally see it. You know, this, this person has earned the right to say these things as opposed to just everybody offering their opinions, which happens to happens a lot in our industry. I know you're probably going to say, I don't want to speak for him, but I'm going to ask you the question anyway, and hopefully you give me a different answer. Do you think Scott Coker is going to come over? Uh, no. Okay. Why not? Um, because Scott was always the guy who led the way. And, you know, there's too much overhead here, I think, as it is. So I don't think so. When you say overhead, what do you mean? Like there's already people in place that are leading yeah, the way? Yeah, there's, there, there's, a, there's a pretty elaborate structure there already in place. Okay. So, you know. I don't think Scott's going to, I mean, I, you know, obviously sure, sure. that's his decision, but I, I don't see him doing that. We, uh, you know, when you're, um, when you're somebody who's done this for 30 some odd years, you know, I mean, who's, who do you answer to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who no, do you ask? It's who tough you, to be the, you know? uh, the employee after you oh. were kind of, uh, leading the charge. How do you feel about the decision to keep the Bellator brand going as opposed to just calling it 
PFL champion series, keeping this separate thing going. How do you feel about that decision? I mean, I think, I think it's, it's, it's a smart decision because you could always roll it in mm-hmm. later, you know, but Bellator, um, I believe has, uh, you know, a pretty, uh, pretty good recognizable name, especially in European markets, which is where PFL wants to run Bellator mostly right in Europe. Um, you know, we're a known product where we've, we've filled arenas in Paris and Milan in London, in Dublin, you know, Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, you know, why, why get rid of it? Uh, keep it. I think it's a smart thing to do. Uh, and it shows, uh, that PFL is open-minded into seeing, you know, Hey, let's see where this goes. Also, I think from a strategic standpoint, and this is just my opinion, I don't know what their view is, why I keep it. PFL is kind of set in its format, right? There's the there's the preseason season championships, titles, we're done, start over. Um, there's not much flexibility there. With Bellator being a brand that runs outside of that format, now you now you have some flexibility. Now you can create some some interesting matchups and some fights that fans might want to see that you can't do during the course of a season. Um, so you're kind of limited there. So, you know, maybe they're trying to see how that might work and, and see what happens. I don't know. But I, I, but I think it's a smart thing. I don't think it's a stupid thing. How do you feel about that PFL format? Uh, tournament format? Yeah. I, I like, obviously we've, we, you know, we've run tournaments at Bellator. Right. Um, I worked, I worked for K1 before and we've run tournaments. So, been around tournaments um i think um i I don't think it's a it's necessarily a bad thing but i also believe that um it's very challenging to get fans behind it in large numbers it's very difficult to get a fan engaged into a tournament um with multiple weight classes and have them care about all of them Mm. um you know, I think it's it's more uh, more challenging to do that because the fan base was built in a non you know not not in that format. They're built in in in, in a, as a regular fight fan, excited about this guy fighting this guy and that guy doing this and this. With tournaments, everything is kind of predetermined, so there's very little speculation. There's it leaves very little room for any kind of what if scenarios, you know, it's just more of just watching a progression um, of the tournament and getting to the final. So, um, you know, and there's narratives there, but it's just, I, th- I believe it's difficult to tell when it's six, seven different weight classes. Um, obviously PFL has done it. They're continuing to do it. It's a model that, um, you know, they're built on. Um, but in my personal opinion, I think it's just, it, it's a little challenging to uh, really get fans behind being able to, cheer on six different people fighting in a tournament. So you went to your first PFL event on uh, Friday. You were there front and center with a bunch of Bellator mm-hmm. guys. What did you think of the event? I mean, you know, the production was nice. Um, I loved the arena. I mean, obviously it was a smaller venue, uh, but it was, you know, very well dressed, beautiful screens. They have, you know, they have a stage. Um, you know, I liked it. I thought it, I thought it was pretty nice. So I said at the beginning of the show, uh, way too long. You put six title fights on a card, you're playing with fire, and it just it felt like it dragged. Do you agree or disagree? You were there. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, and that's what I mean by, you know, it's, it's challenging um, 
because there's there's multiple issues. So number one is any anytime you have a title fight, it's really a 50-50 on just how exciting it's going to be, right? Because right. These are these are the best two guys in the weight class. So whether it's a tournament, these are the guys that beat everybody else, or you know it's just a number one contender fighting for a title. Um, you know it's it's a hit and miss because you're going to get two guys that are very tactical and very strategic, and you know the belts on the line. So those fights are usually cautious. Um, now you multiply by six, and then if they go to distance, there's no elbows allowed. So a lot of the ground and pound guys can't you know cause too much damage so it's going to drag on so yeah i, I you know it, it starts to become a little little overwhelming um but um you know i mean the fans in the audience were pretty engaged the whole time you know they were cheering on and 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 you know pretty much on board uh, but i i would uh for my taste even if you're running the tournaments you know i i believe it's better to kind of you pick your anchor fights, you know, you say, these are the two, three weight classes we're going to focus on promoting. Everybody else will still fight and they'll mm -hmm. still win. And then you just kind of mix the upper card with a little bit of, you know, holy shit moment fights. Like, you know, you put on fights, you know, are going to keep people awake and, and exciting. And then you mix it in. And I, I think that might've made it a little less, less prolonged, but right. you know, it's just a matter of opinion. Um, so I would imagine given your position, and I, I saw a bunch of tweets uh, in support of you over the past week. Uh, a lot of fighters are probably hitting you up, asking you about the future. Is this an awkward spot for you? Because, like, you're not the one. I mean, as of right now, you're not going over, right? You have no deal in place. But I'm assuming that they have a better relationship and a longstanding relationship with you as opposed to the PFL guys. They don't know them. And so you're having to field questions about their future that you probably can't even really truly answer, right? Is that tough? Um, tough? No. Uh, listen, first of all, I think it's flattering. Uh, I mean, honestly, you know, I, I'm, I'm truly flattered that, you know, people that have always sat on the other side of the table, you know, these are the guys whose managers I've negotiated with, you know, uh, on my side, and then we're right. on the other side. So right. we've always been on the opposite sides of the table. So to have this much support and, and this much, um, you know, this much positive um uh, things to say from the fighters, uh, I think is flattering. Uh, so I'm, I'm very flattered by it. As far as being difficult, it's really not. Uh, I think one of the reasons why I've always had a great relationship with the fighters is because I'm a straight shooter. I don't beat around the bush. I don't, I don't give them the soft version. Just tell them how it is. And I told them, I said, listen, here's, here's one thing I can guarantee you. And I think every fighter at the end, right, at the, at the very end, uh, and I've been around fighters 25 years now, and I know this for a fact, at the end of the day, this is what I said to them all, and it calmed them all down. I said, listen, your checks will cash, the cage is made out of metal, and the punches hurt the same. So don't worry. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, um, but you're still going to fight. You're still going to make money. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Just let, let the dust settle, and, and, you know, and, um, and things, will, things will fall into place. Um, uh, some fight, like Chris Cyborg, very vocal about not hearing from anyone. Do you, do, you, do you understand the frustration? Do you say to someone like that, hey, just chill out. They have to get through this event. Like, I, I think she was very upset that some fighters were there and she apparently didn't get a call. I don't know. Maybe you know more about this. Seems like she should be there, right? She has two potential big fights over there with Pacheco and Kayla. Mm -hmm. What can you say about that? Um, listen, um, I, I believe that um, 
part of this will is, is also a little bit of growing pains. Mm. Um, you know, I think PFL just acquired a new roster of fighters. They don't have a relationship with the fighters. They don't know the fighters. Uh, fighters don't know them. Um, obviously, during any merger, um, for some reason, everybody always takes this cautious adversary position. You know, even fans are looking at it like, you know, some big failure. It's not. It's a merger. I mean, one company said that this company has built a product that we would like to acquire to expand our footprint in a business. In every other industry, this is a big thing and it's celebrated. In our industry, for some reason, it's a lot of booze and, well, you know, they suck and that's ridiculous. With that, they required a whole lot of fighters, a lot of them that have reached a certain level in this industry, like Cyborg, right? I mean, she's been around forever. Uh, she's the OG. Um, and those people are used to being treated a certain way. And um, I'm sure as the, when the chips fall in place and everybody gets settled in their desks, so to speak, they will be. So you tell Cyborg, listen, I'm sorry. I, I, I hear you. I, I don't disagree with your frustration. Um, but, you know, just relax. Let us get settled. Let us unpack. And then we'll reach out and, and everything will be fine. Uh, Don said last week there were about 210 Bellator fighters under contract. Perhaps you would know the exact number. Um, and yeah, and and if, okay, do you believe all of them will will follow along and and get fights now under the new PFL Bellator company? I believe the intent is to find everybody a home. Some of these people will stay within the Bellator ecosystem, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Some of them will have to will get integrated into PFL's tournament structure. Um, but I believe the at least the initial desire from what I hear from from PFL and Don is to make sure that they keep as many fighters as they possibly can. Um, uh, because um, you know he, he's a nice guy. Like I, I don't know if Don very long, but what little I've talked to him, he's a decent guy. He's not trying to hurt anybody. He's mm -hmm. not trying to do bad by anyone. Right. I mean, let's, let, let's, let's be fair. Viacom announced that they will shut down sports by the end of this year. Right. So in theory, this man had no reason to buy anything, but he just sat back and waited until they shut it down and pick up the pieces. But he felt that he started to be engaged in this process and he should finish it and bring the fighters across, on board and then try to integrate them. So I think, I think the, the initial um, thought is to try to keep as many of them as possible, if not all of them. To, but at the end of the day, it's a business. You know, you have to run a business. Sure, sure. Uh, to that point, I actually asked him uh, last week after our interview, by the way, why didn't you just wait until they close shop and then you just pick up the pieces and you don't have to give them uh, any equity? Um, and, and, and he said it was so that, you know, the fighters – you know, have homes and you can honor the contracts. Um, and, and maybe there's a part where they didn't want to get into a bidding war, right? Because now the UFC can bid on a guy like Johnny Eblen or Apache Mix. Mm -hmm. Were you surprised ultimately that they, they did that, that they didn't just wait and, and take their chances? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was. I mean, from a business standpoint, and, yeah. and these guys all come from a business background, right? I mean, they're not fight promoters. They're, right. they're businessmen. From a business standpoint, it made all the sense in the world. Even if you lose a Johnny Evelyn or Patrick Mix, so you build a new one. Like, sure. At the end of the day, you you would still acquire 
you know, a quite sizable roster and, and, and could, could get better. But he felt like, you know, he, he, he felt like uh, this was a better move um, because they were so far along already into it and promises had been made. So, right. you know, at least that, I mean, that shows, you know, he's, he's a good guy. He's not a bad guy. Yeah, they get the IP, they get the library, et cetera, et cetera. Um, can I ask you about the employees? Uh, he said there were 21 and they all have homes. Do you believe they will all come over? You know, honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, that's not a question to ask me because I'm not the one hired. Um, this is what I can tell you. I've been around this game for a long time. We have some of the best guys that do this from operations to marketing to TV, to everything. Uh, we, we really do. Um, I think the conditions and the, and, and the, the way, you know, we've, we've done events all over the world. Um, you know, we're a small company with a large, you know, with a large footprint with Viacom, but as Bellator itself, we were very small and robust. And these are some of the best guys. So if, if they're smart, they'll keep as many of them as they can. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to them. I know I'm somewhat putting you on the spot here, but like, is that something that you'll say to them? Like, hey, if you want me, they have to come too. Like, do you feel that kind of connection to your guys? A lot of them I've spoken yes. about on this show, who I think are great. The PR team, we obviously know because we work with them on a day-to-day yeah. basis. But like a lot of these guys are probably in the dark right now and don't know what's going to happen. Are, are you going to try to fight that battle? Um, yes. Yeah. That's why I said, like, we, we, we have to sit down and, and really talk, uh, right? Okay. I, there's there's certain there's certain things that I want, and um, you know, and there's certain things that they want, and you know, we we've got to make a deal. But part of it is yes, there's some core core team of guys that I believe will be instrumental in in our success, and they should stay. Okay, and I'll let you go in a moment. I know you have to go. Uh, just curious, this PFL Bellator card that they're talking about is it an ambitious? February, like it, that, that's in like a little over two months. You think they can get that done? What do you think? I mean, listen, um, I thought parsing Bellator away from uh, Viacom and, and unwinding this big watt that was intertwined into, you know, the very infrastructure of the company and being able to actually close this deal was a tall order and they got it done. So it's possible. Yeah. Okay. I think there's a lot of questions, you know, do they throw elbows? Do they not throw elbows? Yeah. You know, what happens to whoever wins this title? Like if, if Bader becomes a two division champion, does he jump in the tournament the next year or how does that work? Or what happened? You know, I don't know. I think there's a lot of questions um, that need to be worked out and answered. I think there's a lot of um, fighters that need to get on board. Uh, I think it's a, it's a toll order, but it's doable. Sure. Uh, if you don't go over for whatever reason, do you think that'll be it for you in the fight game? Yeah. I wow. So. Damn. So, I mean, we could either go here or we could go here. I mean, that's, there's a lot at stake here. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've, I've been at this for, for a long time and I don't have, I don't have it in me to start from scratch. Right. And, and there just isn't anybody else. Right. I mean, if you don't go to PFL, um, obviously I'm not getting hired by the UFC. One of C pissed away six hundred million dollars is about to go out of business. Where do you go? <laughs> what do you mean go out of business? Well, they're going to go out of business. I mean, these people scammed everybody they could scam, and they've run out of people to scam. So they're going to. They're going <laughs> Here's to the real down. Mike. I like that the real Mike comes out now. This is the no, Mike. I but know. I mean, <laughs> it's the truth. I mean, come on, ten years. You can't be a startup for ten years. Jesus right. Christ! At some right. point, you got to start showing something. 
you know, so they're going to go out. So where's there to go? There's nowhere else to go. You know, I've always said, this is like the largest small industry in the world. You know, right. it's big, it's on TV. There's millionaires being made. There's all these stores, but at the, at the end, it's, it's a handful of people that, that run it and a handful of people that have an ability to do anything with it. And, um, if I don't end up at PFL, there's literally nowhere else to go. So I'm done. Maybe would you want to go back to managing? No. No. I've had enough of that. No. I management is about relationships. And uh I've burned quite a few, so I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. I don't think I don't think I'll be uh, yeah. I think I'll just I'll move on, you know, do something else. When do you think you'll know for sure? Uh, this week. Oh, really? I mean, I'm meeting. I'm meeting Don and Pete tomorrow. So, you know, I think a lot of questions will get answered. And we'll go from there. Do you need me on the call? No, we're good. You sure? Good. I think I can handle it. I've I've negotiated a few deals okay. in my life. I think I'll do okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, well, congrats on everything you accomplished uh, with Bellator, and of course, throughout your entire career, which dates back well before Bellator. Thanks for always being kind. Appreciate it. And good luck with the meeting, and, and keep us posted. Hopefully it works out. Absolutely. Thank you, Earl. All right. There he is, uh, Mike Hogan, a longtime Bellator executive. Fascinating times in the world of fight sports, like I said. Uh, big meeting tomorrow. Uh, doesn't need my help. I offered it. Would have been nice. He may change his mind. You think he'll ask for my help? Maybe, like, right in the middle of it, he'll start sweating. He's like, oh, let me make a call real quick. Let me get Hawani on the on the horn here. I mean, they seem to like me. Um, good guys. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, he, he did bring up a very good point there. You know, for as good and as smart as, as Don and Peter Murray are, they aren't traditional fight guys, so to speak. And so it is good to have that traditional fight guy or two or three or four or five or woman uh, who just knows the fight game. And look, they've done pretty damn well over the last uh, six or so years since taking over World Series of Fighting and, and uh, turning it into PFL and everything that they've accomplished. But, you know, having that guy who has relationships with the managers and the fighters and all that stuff and uh, is able to build talent is an important uh, important person to have on the team. So let's see how it all plays out. A ton of questions that need to be answered between now and and I would say April of next year. Are they going to get that, you know, Bellator PFL card uh, under their belt before the season starts in April? Who's going to come over? Where are they going to land? Um, you know, how is the talent going to disperse? All that stuff. Can't wait to see how it all plays out. And where is this stuff going to air? Where are we going to watch all this stuff, especially here in America? So uh, one of the big stories from that card on Friday was the light heavyweight tournament finale. It was uh, veteran Impa Kasangane going up against the rising star Josh Silvera, uh, who was you know essentially a PFL product. He was in our studio last year, and uh, Impa's story was incredible. Of course, you remember him from his time in the UFC, and wouldn't you know it, he comes in there as a part of the PFL Challenger Series, wins that fight, and proceeds to enter the tournament and win the light heavyweight regular season and then get into the uh, playoffs and then get into the final and win the million dollars. It's one of the best stories of the year, one of the comeback fighters of the year. Uh, this time last year, uh, you know, who knows what he was thinking as far as the future of his career was concerned. Let's ask him about that and talk to him about the big win over Josh Silvera. 
on Friday night. Here he is joining us, Impa Kasangane, kind enough to join us. Hello, Impa. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, sir. It's a pleasure to have you on, and congratulations on Friday. Does this does this feel real yet? Like, have you have you been <laughs> able to process everything that has happened to you over the past year? Not time to process for sure. You know, a lot of times I'm on. I'm, I've been riding a motorcycle. I'm on actually on a motorcycle adventure right now. I got to pull over and got opportunity to talk to you. I'm um, I'm so grateful. I got my standard for myself was to become a champion. That's all I wanted to ever do in, in MMA. It's world champion MMA, and I got to do it in the PFL. I think which is the most challenging, rigorous schedule. So I'm grateful. I haven't had it. Like, it's funny you say it's like yes and no, right? I, I I recognize I'm a champion, but I'm already ready to get back to practice because I want to get the next one. So that's where my mind's at. What's this motorcycle tour that you're on? So I actually partnered with Triumph, collaborative Triumph Motorcycles. They loaned me a bike, became a rider with their program, and I'm doing, started in Lovettsville, Virginia, Washington, D.C. area, went back through D.C. I'm actually in Virginia Beach right now. We went from Richmond to Virginia Beach. I got to meet with the Navy SEAL and did an interview with him and talk, just have a good conversation and just ask him questions about his life. And I'm heading to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I go from Chapel Hill, North Carolina to Charlotte, where my parents live. I go to Knoxville, Tennessee. My brother's a basketball coach at the University of Tennessee. And then I'm going to go to Atlanta, Georgia, where the Triumph Motorcycle headquarters are, and fly out to Ireland. And hopefully I'll be riding out there, too. I am um, fighting names Chilobo, so I go by Chilobo's Trek. And I just want to share this journey and meet cool people along the way. So the fact that I get to talk to you on this trip is pretty cool to me. I really respect your work. And... I'm grateful, and it's it's been a good time for me to ride along. You know? That is amazing. Uh, and and how many miles total are you traveling? Well, it's an eleven day trip. I don't have the total mileage yet. I kind of just because I'm I'm funny, so I thought we're gonna stay in Richmond. And my friend Jack Daly, he is owner of TRX, and he's like, hey, I have a friend who's a Navy SEAL. He's a Navy SEAL for thirty seven years. He's an admiral, and we got to spend time with him. And I just wanted to ask him questions about his life and ask him for advice. So we just popped back over to to Virginia Beach, stayed the night in a hotel, got it at 3.45 in the morning this morning. Wow. Went by his house, had some lunch, and now hanging out. So all prepping before this interview, and now uh, I'm here, and I kind of just go where the wind takes me. One of my uh, um, my great friend, Cliff Barrett, he runs all, like, production and media, and you know, along with uh, Peyton, Peyton, Len, uh, Peyton Evans, and uh, we're going to go to my friend Joe. We're going to uh, Chapel Hill. He's going to see his girlfriend. We're going to go with my friend Joe. He's going to see some of his friends. I'm just going to explore and kind of get lost. Hopefully I can find them, but that's that's me. I'm just kind of like riding around. You're not, you're not tired? You don't want to just chill on the couch? After, I mean, like you, you just went through a grueling <laughs> tournament. No, I, I, I want to fight more. I wish there were more fights in the season, really. Wow. I think it could be like, I think it'd be cool to have like an eight-fight season, ten fights, right? You really want to make a statement. You want to do something that challenges other organizations and do something special, right? I think it's... Uh, it's not so much as trying to compete, but do things in your own way. So for me, it's like where the Warriors go is PFL. Like they say, build it and they will come. Hmm. So I'm happy I had five fights this year. You know, I'd love to fight Nemkov and Nganu. I hear Johnny Eblen may come up. I believe my dog Aaron Jeffries, the next in line to fight Eblen, get that Bellator title. You know, whatever God's plan is. But I, uh, I love to stay active. I love to fight. I'm already ready to get back in the gym. I'm going to go work out tonight. I'm going to get off the motorcycle. And uh, I don't know. I, I just, this is this is like a, limited life right we don't get to fight be a journalist live this life super long right and i think a lot of people kind of take it for granted want to take too many breaks hmm. yeah my parents my parents work so hard they, they put so much time in so i'm not here to 
just be so comfortable. That time will come. And I, I guess I'll recognize it. There's somebody who tells me it, but I'm, I'm here to work. I'm here to work. I'm grateful I get to talk to you. I said, I want to get right on interviews. I want to get right to talking to people, you know, and, and get to just have cool conversations and watch your show. So it's an honor to be here. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting after like this motorcycle journey is fun. Like it's beautiful. The leaves are changing. It's freezing. Yeah. So it's 30 degrees, 20 degrees, but you know, the triumph put me up with some great, great cold weather gear. And I'm in Virginia beach now and hanging out this time last year, where were you in life? Let's see what day is it. So it's about it's November 27th. This time last year, I was living on the farm. Now I just got done living out my car on my teammates couch. And like within the map, the, I was in my car for about six months. I was in my teammates couch for about a month. Marquez, shout out to him, great guy. And then I moved to a farm in Doral, pretty much going into the Everglades. They have pythons and uh, that, and they, they weren't pets. We didn't, we didn't cultivate pythons, but they came on property. Uh, we had chicken, cow, cattle, uh, sheep. And there's peacocks that ran around everywhere for some reason. But uh, yeah, I was living on a farm in New York in the forest. I had a trailer, but I wanted to live off grid, keep things simple. You know, shout out to John Smith from Oklahoma State. He was a big, big inspiration for me to simplify my life. And I did that for almost a whole year. Sat with PFL and they have a house now in Delray Beach, but I still have my yard on the farm. Wow. Why did you have to live in your car for six months? And it's, uh, I've got just, uh, got distracted with life, right? I, I was in the UFC. I thought I was going to be there for a while. Three months later, I get cut after my last fight. I started working this executive protection job. And, you know, it was solid. I mean, I understand they're running a company, but at first, they what they said, you could fight. That was the deal. Then they go, uh, you have to pick between us and fighting, essentially. And I was like, okay, like, I'm going I'm to choose where God's called me to be. I believe, like, MMA is my ministry. I, I love what I get to do. And it came down to me saying, you know, like, I'm going to trust God's plan for my life. I barely had any more money. I spent everything moving to Florida. Had a cool apartment. That's what made the UFC for the long haul. Uh, it wasn't within God's plan. I'm so grateful the UFC cut me. Like, it, it became a blessing. Look where we are today. At that time, it was challenging. I have a business in refinery where I train people and clients and it's going pretty well. Then all of a sudden, like I just didn't have any clients at like for months. So I just started money was dwindling and it was due to my lack of organization as well. I could like, I don't blame anybody but me. So for me, I went to my car. I was very at peace, right? I, I would still train. I, I go to Naples every weekend. I could, I would work at a restaurant as a bar back at Kapow Noodle Bar. And I go see Cosmo Alexandre in Naples for a while until, you know, I started like, you know, really staying focused on the gym where I'm at. I, uh, you know, Coach Dieter really, like, took me in. Nick Lenz, Greg Jones is my main corner, right? And they just, they stood with me. Henry Hooft. And I was like, I'm not going to ask people for help because I got myself in this situation. My parents never made an excuse coming from Congo. So for me, I, I need to figure it out. You know, because there's no, like, you know, you get a handout in life where somebody helps you, but you're not ready to move forward. Like, I got to be willing to help myself. I, I, I thought I was going to get married, right? And things didn't work out. So I think I just kind of went to a pretty dark place. And I'm grateful. Like, I, I think they're a great person, but life just didn't work. And it wasn't the best for my life at the time. So I think I was just pretty lost, man. Like, I, I left the gym I started out in. I was kind of confused. Like, did I make the right decision to move to Florida? Uh, should I stay there? Like, all the training partners I had, some of them I talked to, some I didn't, some I was really tight with, some I never heard from again. And I, and I connect with people a lot that I love. So I, when I got to that car, it was just like, it was the only place where I could just sit down and be peaceful in that front seat, right? And I'd Instacart stuff to, my, to the gym, eat, 
but it was probably one of the best times of my life too. I wake up at six, five thirty, get into the gym by six a.m. I was in the parking lot, so nobody could see me. Hop in the shower, brush my teeth, and I start collecting money. It's like, how can I reorganize myself? Started working in accounting again, but I never made sure I missed training. And man, like, I get a stand before you today as a champion, but I never, I never lost sight of the goal. It was just like being patient, being patient, and getting reorganized. And that's what, that's what got me there. It was like the, the lack of organization, the lack of patience, and now. Uh, I think one of the better points of my life. Did your family and friends know that you were sleeping in your car? My family and friends didn't know. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't. Wow. There's no need to make excuses, right? Like, you got to own it. To me, it's... When I got knocked out by Buckley, I told people, you got to own the failure, you own the success. And for me, that's the same. So I own I owned the failure of that point in my life. It was my fault that I was homeless. It wasn't anybody else's. I have three college degrees. I could have done it, but I... Every job that I wanted to do, they wanted me to miss training. So I said, that's not happening. That's just not, not, not now. If, that was, if God's plan was different, for sure. But for me, it became that, like, I knew I wanted to work with motorcycles. I knew I was going to be a world champion one day. It wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. And if I, if, if I told my mom or my dad or my brother or sister, my mentor, Jonathan Logan, great friends, like, that I was sleep, uh, sleeping in my car, like, they would be like, we're coming on our way to help you. But I, I didn't need that at that time in my life, and I, I, I recognized that. And so it was like, how do I get organized? And, and I was working, man. I was working hard, you know, challenging myself. It wasn't a hard time. It was a challenging time. And I think challenges help you become better. Hard times you sometimes to put yourself through it or you have no other choice but to be in it. I had a choice, but I, I saw myself as a champion one day. And it was cool. Like, let's say, like, you, you go to Buckley fight. I made mistakes that fight. It wasn't a lucky kick. He capitalized on it. Carlston Harrison fight. I wasn't as disciplined where I needed to be getting down to 170. Uh, yeah, I had staff and stuff like that, but I'm pretty sure if I helped myself, he's a good fighter, I probably could have beat him. So I could have been 4-0 then. So, like, I just had to own where I could and see what I could control. And it really motivated me and inspired me. And then the security was patrolling the building. Like, this car's always here. And, like, they see me get on my motorcycle and I hop off, leave my car there. And uh, um, Henry Hoofs came up to me. He said, come talk to me. And I said... Uh-oh. Like, I don't know if I did something in the gym. If I left, he hates when the gym's messy. So I was like, gosh, I hope I don't leave something in the gym. And so I'm freaking out. And he goes, you sleeping in your car? And I, I didn't want to lie to him, but I kind of froze. And I was like, uh. He's like, it's all right. He, didn't, he never mentioned a word. Never made me feel any less. Challenged me in the gym. Talked to me, like, every morning. He just saw me hitting the bag in the mornings. And he was so, so loving that he called my teammate Marquez. Who I, I'm, I'm so grateful for. And funny enough, going back to Marquez, I didn't really know him too well. Marquez's friend, Foz Whitaker, was my pro debut. We train together now. Won the fight. Fast forward to the Buckley fight. I get knocked out by Buckley. Marquez, I don't really remember him too well from that time. We've maybe seen each other twice in life. He sends me a song called I Will Rise by Benjamin Todd. And it's just like, he says, man, you got knocked out. And I didn't see the message until actually I moved in with him. Way on my Instagram. Because I got so many messages after that mm -hmm. Buckley fight. And I was like, dang, like, you have such a good heart, man. Who knew I'd be living with you one day? And he's like, you can have a room. I'm like, no, I'll just take the couch. It's simple. I don't deserve, you know, like, I don't think, like, Henry didn't want me staying. Henry didn't want me staying uh, in the car, right? But I also said, I, I don't want people knowing. I don't want people being like, oh, you can come live with me. Every, any single one of my teammates, I, I, I guarantee at Kill Cliff, if they knew, my coaches would be like, come stay at my place and get your life together. But I had to take ownership of my life. And I knew that at that time in my life, I wasn't in a healthy place. Marquez? encouraging we laugh worship we'd be wrestling the house we broke that apartment up 
uh, hurricane season. But I was like, man, I'm going to rebuild my life. And uh, looking at some master's degree programs now, part owner of a financial services company. My business is running well. I don't really need fighting money to live now, but I'm so grateful we got this capital. But it was due to that time and those people in my life. But if I, if I got a handout early on, I don't think I would have ever, I'd ever be where I am today. So that was it. That couch, I used the recliner and I, I was pretty good. And I could make it to practice and that's all I needed. The reason I ask you this next question is only because so much has been made about how much you want on Friday. When you're, when you're sleeping in your car, like how, how, much, how much money you have in your account? <laughs> some days I had like a couple thousand. Some days I was in the, I was in the negative, man. Damn. I was bouncing. But I, I, I was doing everything I could just to make training. I would. So at that time, I wasn't training as much. Well, I was training at the gym, but I, I wasn't. I wasn't a fighter that really earned his place in the gym, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm so grateful now. And then I met Coach Dieter Navarro, and Nick Lentz, and Greg Jones. Right? Coach Greg Jones welcomed me to the gym, but I, I wasn't in place to you know ask for like the extra time. You have to earn that. So I would uh, work as a bar back maybe make 300 bucks, 150 bucks on the weekend. I drive over to Naples and I'll sleep in my car and just go train with Cosmo. Two sessions, you're so nice, give me a great discount. I'd sleep, train late at night, train like five in the morning. I'd go back and make it to church. And then I'd go to church and what's had that offering. So I was very limited resources. So I kind of just said, hey, you're going to be in the red for a while until you can make it. And everything went back into training. Instacart went to um, Sprouts. It's like a little grocery store here. I'm not sure if you have it or you are, but um, anything I could do just to make training. So whether it was the right gear, whether it was the training clothes, the food that I needed, uh, the necessities, right, toiletries. It, right. Was, it wasn't a lavish life, but, man, I had the beach. <laughs> I had the beach, you know, in Florida. So that was cool. Sometimes I just go hang by the beach and skateboard and ride around until I could figure it out. And then I just started saving money. And a client started coming in, re uh Rebranded myself, got some great advice from Alan Diamond, who's my mentor. Uh, you know, man, like I'm in a much better place thanks to the people in my life. You know, and even like, you know, like I didn't end up marrying the girl that I was dating at the time, but she helped me out that time too. You know, like she knew, she was the only person I probably knew actually at that time. And uh, but my, my, mom, my mom had a hunch, but I was like, nah, I'm good. She's like, why are you FaceTiming me in your car all the time? I'm like, well, I'm, like, uh -huh. I'm just, I had a client today. Uh -huh. I'm sleeping, you know, like, Training, you know, coach got after it. Coach is mad at me. He kicked me out the gym today. You know, I, I'll just make some stuff up. So, because I, I mean, yeah, mom, I'm sorry I lied, but I didn't want her to worry. And uh, I knew I was going to make it, man. I knew I was going to make it. It wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. And that win was November 24th. And I'm putting that behind me. And I want to, you know, go claim these titles and go on to claim these titles and these next victories. So I just would write it down. I'd read my Bible, I'd listen to a lot of worship music. Reggae, I would train. I, I drive to Coach Dieter's gym. It was an hour and a half away, right? And then I, you know, I really stopped going over to Cosmos. I just strictly stay with them. I trust the process. And I think that's where guys mess up. Like, I do have the trainers and the coaches I need in my gym. It doesn't take away from anybody else. But I needed to be around people who saw me every single day. And I really think that became something that helped me expedite the process. So I'm grateful for that time. Do I want to go back to it? You know, people say you want to repeat it. No way. No, nah, <laughs> no way. Not. I'm happy here now. Just curious, uh, over the last three years, like after the Buckley loss or even this period that you're talking about, at any point yeah. did you consider quitting MMA and just say, like, this is just, no, never, not once. The thought never crossed your mind? 
No. How's that possible? Man, my if I if I told my dad I quit, I think he'd disown me. Wow. <laughs> and, I, and he should, because my my dad, they recently shared this, but he came to this country with sixteen dollars in his pocket, didn't know the language, was a bus boy, um, wanted to study engineering. His dad died when he was thirteen. They have like twelve siblings. You know, a couple passed away. They had everything, and then in Congo, when his dad passed away, he was a general. He was a, he was a, he was a military, he was a high-ranking officer. I want to say general. They took away everything from the house that they lived in. His uh, house used to flood in a poverty-stricken poverty area. In the rainy season, his house would flood to the second floor. He would still study. He was still. He showed me his notes, and they were impeccable from when he was in school at that time in his life. Like he meant it, and he was studying. The house would literally flood. His brothers and siblings could tell you, like it was terrible. He used to study with a kerosene lamp. And I'm like, I'm gonna go to this guy and tell him, oh, quit. Like it, it was never an option. And I have a little brother and sister. My, my brother is a basketball coach at University of Tennessee. He was in Naval Academy for a little bit, played college basketball, he's getting his graduate degree. And my little sister, she just committed to West Point. So she's going to study either accounting or finance or biomedical engineering. Like she's, very, she's the smartest one in the family. She's the main character. And I'm very proud of them. And if I looked at myself in the mirror and said, I'm gonna quit, that, that'd be like, that'd be, that'd be killing everything my parents worked for. My mom, she came to the United States, she was 19. Her mom passed away. My mom was adopted by a family member between Belgium and Congo, not the best life. She was gonna become a doctor, you know, just like the person who was uh, helping fund her education passed away and she, fo she focused on nursing, you know, it was quicker for her to finish. And if I, and if I ever went to them and was like, I quit, it would insult and I think it'd be like a curse to the family name. Wow. So for me, it's like, there's no way. And I tell my mom, sometimes she's gone for 17 hours of the day, like a 17 hour shift. I remember she used to work at two hospitals. She'd be doing further education and she never complained. Like there's not a time in my a life my mom's ever complained that I've heard verbally, like ever, like not, and she's tired. My mom and dad will come home, but I had to pick my mom from work. He takes her every morning to work. He comes back, he cooks, he cleans, he does it. He works from home, he has his own business. You know, he takes my sister, he takes care of her. He'll take my sister's hair out of her hair. Like when they, like they put the little um, uh, weaves, twists in their hair, you know, make sure my brother's good. He does my mom's feet like he's a real man, you know, and he's a loving man. He's a tough man. He's a strong man. At the same time, too, he has he makes no bones about about how loving of a husband is. He's a man of God. So that's the man I aspire to be like. My mom, she'd come home. She wouldn't even make it upstairs sometimes. She would literally fall asleep on the couch because she's so tired. Her feet hurt, but still never complain. And I owe it to them. I owe it to the kids back in Congo, kids here in the United States, around the world. Like, I can't go quit. Like, for what? Because my situation's hard. I live in a first world country. I, I'm blessed. I'm grateful. There's stuff going on. Wars, kids getting killed, persecution. Like, it, it, And I'm going to sit here and be like, yeah, because fighting is hard. I chose to fight. I, 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 like, I could go be a CPA, live a comfortable life. No, but like when God calls you to do something, stick with it, no matter how you feel. And like, you might be in a cave, you might be in isolation, but I think it's a, it's a perspective of depression. But it's, I wasn't depressed. I was just, I was full of joy. I yeah. really was. And I was like, I'm going to make it. I just like, and I didn't tell him. And I even after the UFC, and my parents like, do you want to come back to North Carolina? I said, nah, no way. The best gym in the world is Kill Cliff FC, DK Fitness. And the best trainers, Nick Lentz, Dieter Navarro, Greg Jones, Henry Hoof, Saeed Saparov, uh, Stroud, uh, Dr. Peacock, Gerald Mearshart. I hope I don't forget Brian Roque. Uh, you know, Cosmo has been a big influence in my life. So shout out to him. 
And I'm grateful for the gym I came from, Coach Jimbo. He helped me get on this path. Diego Costa, like all these people. Um, I don't want to forget anybody in the gym. And I'm going grappling days, striking days. Angla, uh -huh. right? You, Sean Soriano, my dog. Sorry, bro. What do I look like quitting and being like, life is hard? It's not. It was, it was just challenging. So, like, I, I, I came here to dominate. I came here to be the best to ever do it. I have ways and I work. I have work that I need to get done. I'm not stopping anytime soon. And like me quitting was like not even a thought. People ask me that, but I was like, for what? Why? To, to say like I kind of made it. I was just a kid. Like I started training MMA when I was 24. I started training martial arts when I was 24 after college. I'm 29 now. And I'm grateful to be, have this title, this team title. I'm not self-made by any stretch of the imagination. And uh I, can't, I came here to be the greatest. Like I, I have a couple losses on my record, so I have to work my way up. And I, I have to dominate the best. I want to take out Ngannou. I want to take out all the best of them. But, and I will. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a matter of time. But it's, uh, that's always been on my mind. I've been singularly focused on that. I burn the ships for that any day. You, you think Ngannou is possible? I mean, there's a big size difference there between you and him, right? You think that's uh, a realistic option for you? Living God is possible for sure. Life, like, look, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to force it on anybody, but I say, like, anything is possible with God, right? And God is a warrior. I met him once when at the PI. I think he's an amazing man. I'm very inspired by him. He wants to be the best. I don't want MMA to die. I don't want MMA to suffer like boxing is, right? I don't want fighting. I love warrior culture. And I believe the best of the best need to fight the best. Look at the four kings, Roberto Duran, Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray, uh, Tommy Hearns, right? There's a reason they were, they were known as the greats. They're willing to die. They're willing to come back home with a shield. They're willing to die on that shield, right? They're going to come back with their, they're willing to come back with their shield or die on it, right? Right. As a Spartan say. So for me, it's like, take that. I'm not here to go compete or test myself or try to win with the God. No, I'm going to go claim that victory. The biggest I've ever been was 245. We want to talk about a size difference. He could be taller, but my heart, my spirit, like, I'm telling you, I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I'll, I'll take him out. And out of all due respect, I would love to do the PFL in Kinshasa, where the Rumble and Jungle is, where my parents are from. I'll go to Cameroon, where his homeland is. I respect what he's done. I don't care. I'll, I'll fight him in Antarctica. And I hate the cold. I will gladly go anywhere in this world to fight the best of the best. If it's him, if it's somebody else. But I, I want that because I'm not, there's no risk and there's nothing to be gained in playing small, man. And like, I'm not like, people might think, oh, he's just talking to talk. I'm, I'm not like, shoot, I'll, I'll do it for free. And if Ngannou were to beat me, he keeps everything or take my whole purse. No, I don't no, care. No, don't say that. What are you, crazy, out. man? No, do for I'm free? I'm here to be Come the best, on. man. And then I said, I ask on the other side of that. I take him out, pay me fifteen million. Okay, if I, yeah, if I, <laughs> I like you know that. You know what I'm saying? So like, and, I, and I'll do it. I'll, I'll risk and put the bet on myself. I'm not a gambling person, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it on myself where God's called me to be. And it's out of respect because, like, I want PFL to be the best. I respect all my friends in the UFC. Like, Brendan Allen got a great win. Jason Jackson just became a champion. I'm not against any organization. Dana White called that I'd be a champion one day, so I'm very grateful. Like, I'm not against them. Like, that's so stupid to like compete and just try to be better than this guy. This world is too much in comparison. That's why kids, you see kids jumping off buildings and hurting themselves because they're just trying to compare themselves with the next kid. Little girls are mutilating their bodies just because they want to look like somebody else or be somebody, but they're beautiful the way they are. Like, why would I sit here and just try to compare myself with another organization and teach kids and people coming after me that you got to compete to try to be like somebody else? No, like, I'm going to be the best where I'm at. I'm going to build and they'll come. And, like, I got to earn it. Maybe it's me 
taking out Nemkov, taking out these people, taking out a few heavyweights. Then Ngannou says, let's go. Okay. But like, I want the best of the best. Like, I'm not here. Like, I want it. I'm going to be the best of the best. And that's, that's it. That's my only standard. And people can hate me for it. They can love me for it. But I, I just want like, you know, for me, it's like, I don't have kids yet. I'm not married. I'm single. The day that I have kids, I want them to ask if I, if I gave them my all and I could say yes. And on the days that I fell short, they can understand why and that they can, they can follow suit in their own pursuits. And that's it. So like, Francis, if you're out there, I got respect for you, man. Thank you for being a great African champion. Thank you for all you've done. Let's get it, man. Like, let's get it. Let's, let's fight in the cage. Let's do the PFL Africa inaugural fight. I'll meet you in Saudi Arabia. I'll meet you in Antarctica. I have all respect. I'll never disrespect you. I'm not going to be the person who's going to be out there calling you out and calling you out your name. I have respect for your mother. My parents come from the same motherland. I don't believe in borders. Africa's one continent, one people. Borders are just made by human beings, right? Politicians do that. But if you really, like, you just walk across the border and now we hate each other, that's not who I am. I don't see the difference in any human that I walk across, white, black, any other color. Like, I just, I'm here to fight. I'm a warrior. I want the best of the best. And I want Francis Ngannou. I want Nemkov. Evelyn, I respect that they talked about it. I believe that's Aaron Jeffries' fight. And uh, I respect all these warriors. So let's get after it. Let's do it all on the same night. Let's make it a, like make it a round robin. I guarantee I'll still get it done too. Well, I love everything about this, man. Congratulations. Uh, one of the best stories of the year. Supremely happy for you. Well done. Way to prove to people that you can you can bounce back from you know setbacks, public or not. Uh, very very impressive. And uh, what a revelation you are. Your 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 spirit, your heart is uh, is really impressive. So uh, much love to you. Good luck with the. Uh, the, the the motorcycle stuff makes me a little nervous, if I'm being honest, but good luck to you. Be safe out there, my friend, and uh, big 2024 coming your way, so enjoy it all and keep up the great work. Congrats again. Thank you so much. God bless you, and I really enjoy your show, so thank you for having thank me you. on. It's an honor. Thank you so much. I appreciate those kind words as well. There he is, Impa Kasangane, who won the light heavyweight tournament on uh, Friday night. What a guy. I mean, holy smokes. Uh, what a beautiful soul he is. We need more people like that, not only in MMA, but in this world. Uh, that was lovely stuff. I really, really enjoyed Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And, uh, and think it's very possible that he fights Vadim Nemkov next year. As he said, maybe not the Francis fight off the bat, but Nemkov is the 205 champ, and that's a really interesting fight. So good luck to him. And certainly we weren't talking about those possibilities for Impa Kasangane this time last year. 
That is 100% certain. And if you're a Bellator fighter who is getting picked up now and maybe has to go through the Challenger Series, there's your, there's your motivation. You can be a, a million-dollar winner, if you will, uh, by this time next year. Now, one of the big stories over the last few days, Dana White announced it, I believe it was on Thanksgiving Day, that our guy Joe Pfeiffer is getting his first UFC main event February 10th against the veteran Jack Hermanson. Let us talk to Joe Pfeiffer now about this massive opportunity. There he is. Big Joe in the house. Hello, Joe. How are you? What up, Arrow? How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Uh, great to have you on. Uh, had to talk to you about this because this feels like the next big step in your career. Uh, when did you get the call, and what was your reaction when you got the word that you would be headlining your first event on February 10th? Yeah, yeah. so a lot a lot happened real quick. Okay, and, tell us, uh, tell us. Yeah, so I don't even know. When was, when was Thanksgiving? A Wednesday, I think? Thursday, Thursday. Thursday. Oh God. Yeah. So, uh, I got the call, I think it was on Saturday speculation. Um, you know, uh, we just started going over like the contract renegotiation, um, and then kind of like who was available, what their plan was, what my time frame was when I wanted to fight. And, uh, this is definitely sooner than I expected. Um, and the opportunity was something that I couldn't resist. And the second I heard this name and there was, it was just, yes, uh, you can't really deny an opportunity to go, um, with the new contract with the opponent specifically is why I said, yes, you know, um, I'm being very particular, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody in the top 15. I know there's going to be people that are salty, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I mean that following Saturday, I got a call and by Wednesday on Thanksgiving, Dana had announced it. And I had found out about three hours before he announced it, that, you know, it was approved and whatnot. So I was like, let's fucking run it. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to go whoop Jack Hermanson's ass on February 10th and silence the doubters and, uh, you know, shut the haters up. And uh, when I say haters, it's not that many. I, I can't really complain, but I was going to say, sure a lot of I don't feel like there's salty. a lot of doubters and haters coming your way these days. You feel like there are? Honestly, I, honestly my hate comes from the, uh, I would say, more of the fighters in a silent way. Like, I don't really feel like the fighters voice the, their opinions about me, but I get the side looks. I get it. I, I catch the vibe. That's all I can say. Man, I, I certainly don't feel it from the fans. Uh, I, I certainly feel like the fans are behind you. Just curious, you said that uh, maybe a little sooner than you would have liked in a perfect world. When did you want to return? I was looking at that March card. I heard something about, you know, uh, something towards my way on the East Coast uh, okay. end of March. So I would have liked that just because of, you know, getting uh, some injuries taken care of and, and making sure that I was, you know, not cut it too close. So it's a little bit sooner than I wanted, but I'll be good and I'll be ready to rock. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to this test. You know, it's a big, big test, uh, on paper and, uh, you know, Jack's a dog. I've been watching him for years and, you know, very familiar with him. Very, very, uh, you know, uh, respectful of what he brings to the table as far as the cardio, as far as the grit, you know, he's a dog, he's not a quitter and, uh, you know, he brings a fight to you. So I like that. And, um, I'm very confident in this matchup, though. I think it's I think it's a very, 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 very bad matchup for him. So, so you got a new contract? Yes. Congrats. Yes, yes. Are you happy with it? Thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm ha- I'm happy with it with a stipulation. You know, uh, that we're kind of gonna. This isn't like this is this is good because this isn't like I'm stuck. You know what I mean? So, uh, we're gonna go whoop his ass, and then you know if they want me to keep climbing, then then we're gonna talk again. So it, it's a good thing, and uh, you know, UFC has been super. Uh, willing to work with me. Let's just put it that way. So, um, and, and I have no complaints, uh, especially where I'm going from, what I'm going to. 
and it makes sense. It sets me up for the constant climb, you know, yeah. and the pay grades. So it's good. I'm, uh, I'm not unhappy. I'm happy. And again, you know, as much as I didn't want to be in the top 15, let's just put, I wanted to fight two more fights. I wanted to be five and oh, and then go into the, the rankings. But, um, like I said, I think this is a great matchup, um, you know, to break into the top 15. I don't think there's an, I don't want to say easier fight because it's not easy. Right. But as far as styles make matches, I think this is a, uh, a favorable fight for me. Uh, why did you want the five and zero before going into the top fifteen? Why did that matter? Contracts. Okay. I want to. I want to get in and out of my contracts. You know what I mean? I want to show these guys that I'm capable of getting finishes, and and that's what I was on trend to do, right? You know, I got three finishes at a four fight contract, and you know, let me get two more wins, let me stack some money, so that way when I go to fight the top fifteen, I'm in a comfortable situation financially that I have no worries. Like the only thing on my mind is the fight, not. I got to fight because I need money type thing. You know what I mean? So that that's why. Um, but this this secures me being able to be good for a bit. And uh, we'll go from there. You know, with a win, this is this is the best case scenario. Obviously, with a loss, it's it's not best case scenario. Um, but, you know, we'll leave that to the fighting gods to decide. And, uh, yeah, I'm a finisher. So I think I'm going to do all right. So is this one of those things that uh, they've said and, and, and you've agreed to that, like, once this fight is over and it all goes well for you, hopefully – then you'll revisit the contract stuff. Like what, is there a chance that it gets even better after this? It's not like a new long-term yeah, deal I mean, that you can't look, renegotiate. I mean, my, my, my trajectory, there's no losing in my position. You know what I mean? I'm, uh, I'm being set up here. Here's the way I look at it. I got a documentary that's pending when that comes out, I'm going to touch so many hearts with that. And, uh, you know, I'm really going to get to, to my fan base and let them know like, Hey, this, this is a whole life's work. This is a whole life's journey. So when people think, oh, like even now, like I'm fighting a guy who's 23 and eight, he's number 10. Oh, it's a big fight. He's unranked fighting number 10. Like he's bypassing all these people. Look, I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this 22, 23 years. I, I, I have the reps. I have the mind for it now. Um, I have the the composure. I have the determination. I have the work ethic. I have the, I have the power um so i think the culmination of having the documentary release you know getting a good fight against a guy like jack who's a good dude and uh you know being able to have the fight that we're gonna have i think i'm just gonna boom i'm setting myself up for superstardom and not not in a cheesy way you know not one of these fucking corny i don't want to say another name but you know uh yeah, I mean, I think mine's very authentic and uh, I'm real and and I don't I don't have to fake my way to make it and uh, that's what that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be authentic and I'm trying to make sure that moving forward, I'm undeniably going to get to that next contract. You know, ultimately this is about financial gain and security and uh, I will not forget that because of an ego. So, you know, I could be number ten, but um, yeah, I mean it's got to make sense for me financially. I don't want to fight the rest of my life. I want to fight for a good, you know, seven, eight more years and whoop some ass and make sure that I never have to work again, man. So that's, that's my ultimate goal, you know, fuck the belts, fuck everything else. Like that's going to come. I sure. just know, I, I know that's going to come. You know what I mean? Like if I beat Jack, right. I, I knock out Jack, I finish Jack. They're going to put me in the top 10 somewhere. Sure. And you know, I can't imagine I'm going to be fighting backwards after you just jump me forward that much. And that's the momentum that I have. So that's the trajectory I'm on. As long as, you know, I go out there and I do my thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, New contract, I think, uh, I don't want to say after this fight, but, you know, depending who they offer, if you want to offer me one to six, one to five, then we got to talk again. Just curious, last thing on the contract, was there any part of you that wanted to just fight it out and see what's out there for Joe Pfeiffer, just test the market? Did you consider that? 
Now, uh, no. Um, my my dream has always been the UFC, and I think, you know, not to disrespect any other organization or fighter that might take it personally, but I think UFC is the A leagues. Um, I think Bellator's B, um, and maybe even PFL's B, uh, and you know, then you got the C leagues. And I'm not saying as far as the competition itself, but I'm saying as far as the promotion, the pressure of the promotion being the most. I think it brings the most eyeballs. You know, it's been around the longest. And, uh, you know, I think I'm still building my name where I'm building my worth. I don't think that I could really go anywhere else and people would be too excited. I think I would have people excited to have me, but I don't think that I'm a superstar yet. I think I still got a little bit of work to do. Uh, I think two more fights against some really good guys, Jack being the toughest on my resume, then I could say, hey, you know, you know, I'm worth something and maybe um, if I'm not happy here, but you know, I have no complaints. I've been treated well. I've been bonusing out. Um, so I, I'm getting paid better. You know, if I wasn't bonusing out, I'd probably be upset, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm doing good, man. I'm hitting my bonuses. I'm talking my shit and, and they're promoting it. And, uh, yeah, all I got to say is that I'm in a good position because I talk my shit and I back it up. Speaking of which, uh, you seem very confident going into this fight, as 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 you always are. You always come across as a very confident person. But just curious, what about this matchup makes you so confident? I wouldn't say there's anything about the matchup that makes me so confident, other than the fact that I mean, like my a lot of my issues are injuries, man. I fucking since 24 years old, I've just been injury prone, and uh, you know sometimes those things get in my head. And, uh, you know, or they, they affect my training and preparation, you know, if it doesn't stop me, so I'll just bite through the pain sometimes, but it's like, man, at a certain point, I'm going to hurt myself again, like real bad. So, you know, I've been trying to take care of my body, take care of my health, but I would say, I guess, against Jack is I don't think that his boxing's all that good. I think that he's, you know, a tough guy. I think he's got, you know, he's got grit, man. He's got grit more than anything. He's kind of awkward. He kind of throws like sloppy ass combinations, um, you know, I don't think that he does anything great, but he's a tough guy everywhere. And, uh, you know, you get caught trailing behind him. He just kind of pulls away. He's got good cardio. So I think my biggest fight for this is going to be, you know, uh, understanding that I got to be prepared for 25 minutes. I don't think it's going to go 25 minutes. I think I'm too, I think I'm too powerful. I think I'm too fast. Um, I think that's what excites me about it is I think I can catch him inside of his recklessness. How is your body now? How are you, how are you feeling? Good, good, good. Um, I w- I'm taking off the rest of this uh, this week. Like, I have not trained at wow. all. Um, yeah, I have not trained at all. Just, like, I've been lifting and whatnot here and there, but uh, I had an injury that I had to just let kind of not do anything, not agitate it, not in- make it infl- uh, inflamed at all. And, you know, kind of fucking sucks, to be honest. You know, kind of go nuts. But I've been yeah. running and I've been lifting and, uh, you know, trying to do the things that I can without agitating it. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to go out here tomorrow or wednesday i'm gonna go support sean you know let this let this this light shine on him and him go do his thing against kelvin and then when i get back it's all business and it's business till it's time to you know do the dance do you feel like you go crazy when you can't train for a while yeah man there's uncertainty you know what i mean when you when it's almost like uh it's almost like how these guys that come back from war they talk about like they they don't know how to live normal afterwards I, i struggle sometimes with if i don't have a fight i don't really know what to do with myself I promised myself I would take a vacation and then this opportunity came up. So I'm not taking a vacation and I've been flying out to Vegas. I helped Brendan Allen, uh, you know, going out there supporting him and just like I, every flight that I'm taking is all like work. So it's not really like I haven't had a chance to just kind of, you know, detach, but Hey, listen, I'm on a roll 
And uh, I'm confident because I know how hard I work. I know how good my coaching is. I know how smart my mind is for this game. And um, yeah, man, I mean, Jack's a badass dude. Like, I, I like the guy. I think he's a good human being. I think that's why I'm not like I'm super confident. Like, I, I would say I get a little bit more nerves with people I don't like. Mm. because I put such an emphasis on wanting to hurt those people. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm going to do the same to Jack, whether I like him or not. But, you know, I think he's a good human being, and I've watched him for a lot of years before I've ever been in UFC for a long time, you know. Um, so I think it's kind of cool. I don't really get starstruck, but I think it's cool. You know what I mean? I'm comfortable with it because I feel like I know him. I guess that's the best way to say it. I'm confident because I feel like I know him. So. He's one of the nicest guys. Like he's always smiling. He's always so nice down to earth. It's it's kind of like that impossible. Shit's fucking to... weird though. That's just weird though. He's, like, why? On, why? You, <laughs> it, I don't know. It's like you you do all this smiling shit and you come out. And you start trying to mean mug and then and then I don't know. Unless you're like flatlining people. Like that's why I didn't like Paul Craig. I thought that dude was a cheese ball because he comes out doing all this fucking all these antics and all this. Oh, I'm gonna kill you. And then the, the guy can't box for shit. And he <laughs> I got the wind and he's you know he's all over the place. So uh yeah, I don't know, man. It's just I like Jack, but come on, bro, stop stop with the mean mugging shit because you don't knock people out like I do. So that's just me. That's fair. Uh, you were not the... being arrogant either. No, I, I hope that doesn't bug you. All the fucking clickbait motherfuckers are gonna be like, ah. No, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, so you yeah. were there for that Paul Craig fight. Uh, by the way, the relationship oh. with Brendan. How did that come about? Yeah, so Brendan came up to my gym. Um, his his best friend Tuco is uh, real close to my coach. And, uh, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of weird. Like me, me and Brendan trained once or twice and, uh, you know, we were cool. We connected over cars. He's got a Hellcat, uh, and like some other stuff that he like builds or whatnot. So, and I got an Evo. So we were just talking about the, the shit that we've done to our cars. And that's how we really like started talking all the time, but he's always, he's actually been in my, my, uh, my DMS and texting me the whole time. My last camp, like, you know, encouraging me, hope, wishing me well, and, you know, just checking on me, make sure I'm good. So, He's always kind of kept the the connection there, and uh, I like him. He's cool, you know. He 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 cheered me on against Gerald, even though that was his guy. Like, you know, he was like, "May the best man win." Like, I hope you both win. Hope you both get fighting tonight or whatever. And uh, unfortunately, his best friend cornered against me, so I didn't like him at first. You know what uh, I mean? And uh, I, I kind of thought that was like some, but you know, that that's his teammate, you know. So, but uh, when he asked me to come out, I was a little thrown off by it. But man, there's some real ones. I went out there, you know, I felt the vibe, and I was like, "Listen, like, if we're gonna train together, we're gonna help each other." I can't fight each other. The only time we'll fight each other is if it's for a belt. Um, I don't care who that pisses off. You know what I mean? I just, that's just me. I don't, I don't fight my friends and I, I can't help friends if I'm going to fight them. It's just, that's not, that's not my code of conduct. I don't do that. I was, so, I, was cool, I was just like going to ask you that. I mean, it feels like you might be on a path to be in the same sort of orbit. So I guess the answer is no, unless it's for a Listen, belt. Me and Brenda will shake hands. We'll have a sit down. We'll have a talk. If if the time comes where he's a champion and, and, and I'm a challenger, or you know I'm a champion, he's a challenger. You know we'll shake hands. We'll make sure that we talk a bunch of shit and we make a dick ton of money, and <laughs> you know we'll go from there. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean uh, he's he's a couple steps ahead of me, so you know he's going to do his thing, and uh, I'm going to do my thing. I think we're on two separate paths, and if we have to collide, then, then we'll collide, and you know. Uh, We'll make the most of it, but yeah, I mean, contender, I'm, I'm, we're not doing that. By the way, for the record, just my opinion, uh, he may be steps ahead of you in terms of like who he has fought, but I just think that's a, a product of he's had more fights. Skill wise, I mean, I, I personally think you're right there. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, if... listen, there's there's nobody in this division, Ariel, that's that's outclassing me. Like one of the things I said in the interview, 
is I'll be damned if another man just fucking walks through my life and just like steamrolls me. I, I work too fucking hard for that. You better you better kill me, motherfucker. Yo. You better put me down. And Abdul, just to clarify that fight, because I know I, Jack Hermanson would be throwing a shit ton of like calf kicks. I, I want to clarify. When I got kicked in the calf, bro, I thought we had this understanding that we was going to bang. And uh, when he started kicking my calf, I was like, fuck this. I'm taking him down. Like, I made a decision in that in that moment. Like, man, this dude's going to keep kicking my leg. Like, my leg hurts. I'm, I'm going to just take him down. So um, I think that is something, like, Jackson to look at and be like, ooh, that calf's there. But, like, I wasn't anticipating it. And then when I did start checking, I could tell it hurt his foot. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, my, I used, I said, my point is, as I said in the interview, I was like, this guy kept talking about alpha. I'm the man. I'm my mm-hmm. experience. I fought in the UFC. I may be 3-0 in the UFC, bro, but my one loss was because of mental health, and I'm not making any excuse. Like, I didn't, I had to find myself as a fighter, figure out my groove, things like that, and then, you know, I lost to Dustin Stoltzfus. What the fuck has Dustin Stoltzfus done? Like, I broke my arm in a, in a, in a, a wild exchange, bro. Like, it is what it is. You know, it's a freak accident. That shit would never, has never happened to me throughout all my training, and I even saw him actually out in Vegas. Wow. And, uh... What was that like? One of my ult- Uh... I let him know. I said, I fucking hated you for a lot of years. You know, I didn't pull any punches. I, I, <laughs> Brendan and, and Tuco were laughing, but uh, they got the video. It was kind of funny, but I felt bad. Um, I kind of came out a little bit aggressive and just said, like, yo, like, I hated you because you didn't check up on me. You know, like, I had a life-altering injury where I almost lost my career and you didn't have the decency to check up on me. And his response was, I did. And uh, I was like, get the fuck out of here. I got the DMs, bro. Like, you didn't say shit. So uh, I just let him know that I thought it was like a kind of a scumbag move not to check up on. Like, I want everybody to be okay at the end of the day. I even talked to Abdul. I've talked to Gerald. You know, um, same thing with Amadovsky. Like, I don't want anybody to have any life-altering injuries from this. Um, you know, I know it's 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 a lot of ego in this sport. But, you know, I don't want to take something from somebody's everyday living. And uh, I just thought that was like kind of a scumbag move. You know, you offer to train with me after the fight and shit like that. And then I never hear from you. And you kind of acted you acted like you, you bested me. You know what I mean? So that's why I told him. I said, you never respond. I said, what kind of man? I said, we're in the same organization. I was one to know two and oh calling you out. I called you out right after I won my contender series and you ain't respond. You're nowhere to be found. I was like, that's some pussy shit. So that's what I told him. And I said, you need to stop fighting like a bitch. And he agreed. So, <laughs> that's it. And then and then five minutes later, Ariel comes walking out and I walked out to him and I apologized. I said, Hey, listen, like I know you're here training for your fight against Puna. Like, I'm just upset. Like, you know, I fucking I've been wanting to fight you, man. Like, that's just is what it is. Like my competitive side of me, like we both know how that fight was going. We both know that it wasn't done correctly. Even if you had won, I'd rather you knock me the fuck out or choke me unconscious or break something from an actual submission, you know, not not claim like you deserve to be in the UFC off of a fucking a map return, bro. Like it's just nah. So I apologize though because I was a dickhead. But now you're so far past that, right? Or do you like even yeah. you beat Jack Hermanson, they offer you this fight, you take it? Fuck yeah. Wow. You just need Fuck you yeah. need to write that wrong. Yeah, bro. I, I'm a I'm like somebody that I'm like a fucking I don't know. I just keep coming back, bro. I keep coming back. A honey badger. And I yeah, I'm a honey badger. You can't fucking kill me. So I just, uh, I'm resilient and I'm perseverant. And, and why wouldn't I want that back? We're fighters, right? We're fighters. I, I, I don't care if he's fucking one in 10. Let's do it right. Um, we fight in the same organization. I hope he does well. You know, I hope Puna does well. I, I like both of them. I, I like Puna. Um, <laughs> I think Dustin's a good guy. I think Dustin's a good guy, but Dustin's a coward. Um, 
you know, no man will ever call me out and talk all that shit. And then, you know, I don't even want to say talk all that shit, bro. It's just like, listen, like we're fighters. We fight in the same fucking thing. You won by some bullshit fucking mat return. My arm dislocated. You thought I was gone. A lot of people thought I was gone. I wasn't coming back. And I came back and I did it in spectacular fashion. And I finished everybody from the debut, you know, till here. And I haven't had that many fights, but it's come on, bro. I'm a competitor. Let's run it back. So, I yeah, it. absolutely. I'll take that shit back. Can I tell you the one thing? I, just the, there's just one, I love everything about this. Your intensity, everything you're saying, the rise. I feel like this time next year, you're very much a player at 185 if you're not already. But, you know, you'll have a few, two, maybe two, three fights between now and then. I just, I, I feel like you should be fighting in a packed arena. Apex? Why Apex? Why do we have to do this? At the, like, you're, 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 you're an energetic, magnetic you know what personality. I think it is? Here's what I think it is. Here's how it spun it in my head. Okay. I think that they're waiting for... I don't think they know about the documentary, and if they do, then, you know, they do. I, th- I know they have some idea of it, but as far as, like, Dana, I don't think Dana's thinking that, but uh, I think they want to... They want to put me in the spot to do well and and they're not giving me a gimme fight like jack's a fucking tank like he's right. a beast like don't get me wrong i will leave no stone unturned and i have to search my soul my soul i understand this to to perform the best i ever have and i think he's going to be my toughest fight but i also believe i'm going to make it look easy even though it's my toughest fight so um and if it's not easy then so be it i'm fucking fighting the best in the world you know what i mean i don't give a fuck about his number his rank He's a man with a heart, lungs, and I'm gonna break him. So uh, I, I've I've never gone into something thinking that somebody's better than me because you're not. And uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that they're gonna put me at the apex because I'm comfortable there. It's what I'm familiar with, and I think it's a chance for me to show that I could compete against the top guys in that upper echelon. Because there's this fucking stigma that everybody in the top 15 is the best in the world, bro. Some fat motherfucker made that shit sitting on his couch. And I'm not fat shaming. Relax, guys. I'm just saying it's the disgust of people that can sit there and judge fighters that have never fought in their life. That's what I mean by that. So you could be thin, fat, whatever, dwarf. I don't care. But it's the fact that people that have never fought are the ones making these rankings. And they're sitting there saying that these are the best in the world. I think that is wrong. And I think that people go too much by a number rather than that. That's a human being across from me, just like me. He got a heart. He's got lungs. He's got a brain that'll quit just like anybody else. So uh, we're going to put, we're going to put each other's, you know, heart on the line and we're going to meet in the middle and uh, yeah. Let people think that he can grapple me too. bring that shit. You want a sub? Nah, I'm going to, I want to knock this motherfucker out. I don't want to sub, but I'm saying like, (laughs) I'm just saying, because I got grappling. I'm a two stripe Brown belt. You know, I've been, I've been a purple belt since I was 18 years old. I'm 27. Now I go with a lot of black belts. I don't get subbed. I don't get, fucking manhandled no nothing bro i hold my own i do my thing so uh yeah all i'm saying is just people are going to be on notice that i'm a problem everywhere not just in the striking department i love it so. every time i talk to you i want to run through this brick wall over here your, your intensity I'm hyped now I'm yeah to start fucking... <laughs> well we have to wait a few months february 10th yeah. uh delighted for you uh good luck in training big opportunity well deserved well earned can't wait for it always great to talk to you joe good luck and uh get it done on february 10th my man Ariel, thanks for always having me on, man. You've been, you've been, you've been the guy. I appreciate. You've been it. the guy, so I appreciate you, and I always watch your shit. Like I said, so ain't nothing changed, man. I'm still me. I'm still gonna be me. I'm just trying to make some money, just being me. You know what I mean? So yes. I'm gonna give everything I got, and whatever's God's plan is, you know, God's plan. So let's go rock this motherfucker. Good luck, my man. Great to Back talk to, to you. Sweden, motherfucker, That's USA. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, Joe Pfeiffer. What a character. 
Massive opportunity for him on February 10th, main event, first one against the veteran Jack Hermanson, who has not fought since December of last year. The uh, the loss, if you recall, to Roman Delice, which was a bit of a shocker. Prior to that, had the win over Chris Curtis, so he's been a bit inactive. This week on The Gray Area, Professor Diana Posulka and I tackle one of life's biggest questions. Are we alone in the universe? What would it take for you to step off the agnostic ledge and say, yeah, aliens are real. Is it a spacecraft landing on the White House lawn? Well, something that was anomalous in 1952 did fly over the White House. And that's one of those cases that is still weird. (laughs) That's This Week on the Gray Area, available wherever you get your podcasts. I was supposed to fight Brandon Allen in, uh, in June, that fight got canceled. He withdrew. So now he returns against the up-and-comer Joe Pfeiffer, who is going to be a star. And I suspect this time next year, he will be in that title picture, no doubt about it. All right, now let's go back to the card in Ireland this weekend. Like I said, massive FOMO. Oh, my God, there I am watching it. Three Arena on fire. It was so much better than the May card, especially because of the ending, and everyone went home happy. But it was just great fight after great fight, and a lot of the Irish fighters won. And so uh, everyone just seemed to be in great spirits, in great moods. Now, uh, the fighter who kicked off the main card wasn't representing Ireland, although she was wearing green. Uh, she has been on this show before, once in studio, beginning of the year, and uh, it's been quite the year for her. In fact, she is ending the year 4-0, undefeated still, uh, a perfect 9-0, interim champion, WBC interim champion again in boxing, that is 126. And uh, she has positioned herself for a massive, gigantic 2024. And so we started the year with her here in studio before her first fight of 2023 at the Hulu Theater, just a few blocks from here in New York City. Let's check in with the Olympian, the pride of Australia, the one and only Sky Nicholson, who had a massive win over Lucy Wildheart on Saturday and see what her plans are for 2024. There she is. Hello, Sky. How are you? Hello. Hi. <laughs> I gave you a lot of titles. Also, the darts queen. You set off this whole darts journey for us, uh, 2-0 against me. I mean, you're undefeated in all sorts of sports in 2023. So congrats on a massive year. If we would have talked like off camera, whatever, I know we talked a little bit about your plans for this year when you were in studio. Uh, was this how you expected the year to go? Was this how you planned it out? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, obviously, the plan's always to win. Um but yeah, I feel like we're moving in the right direction. I feel like everything's going to plan. I feel like I'm getting better every fight. I'm a student of the game. I'm learning all the time. And I feel like I'm getting in the ring um, a more well-rounded fighter each time. And um, yeah, ready for a huge 2024 now. Okay, so what was more exciting, uh, winning the WBC interim title back yeah. in September or getting your first stoppage as a pro and your first stoppage in quite some time? What was bigger for you? No, it was, yeah, this one was definitely bigger. Um, Obviously, winning the interim title was special. It was uh, a really cool experience fighting in Mexico, obviously. Um, But Dublin was special. Uh, Being on the Katie Taylor undercard in Dublin, um, it it, it had its all own special feels. But to get my first stoppage, I was very happy with that. Um, I feel like I showed new levels again uh, to what I can do. And, yeah, no, it was a, a very successful night. So could you describe what was the week like and, and even the, the, the venue like on Saturday? Because there was so much hype for this fight, but also I felt like a little bit of anxiety 
from the Irish fans because they were worried this could be the end for Katie if she got beat badly. Of course, it didn't turn out that way. But just to be a part of something like that as a female boxer, here are two legends and especially one massive legend at the top of the bill. And and you're kind of that next wave coming up uh, in some ways like a byproduct of the success that she has had over the last few years as an Olympian. What was the mood like? What was the vibe like? Could you could you describe it? Yeah, it was. There was like a little bit of an eerie feel to like people just not knowing how the fight was going to go. People worrying that we'd seen the best of Katie Taylor and it was going to be kind of like the end of Katie Taylor. So there was like, there was an eerie feel around fight week. She was quite cold, quite um, absent from a lot of the the media stuff. So um yeah, I think it, it did feel a little bit weird, but there was good energy. There was good energy around fight week. There always is around any fight week, but um, yeah, it was it was a little bit of an eerie one. Obviously, after the the, the first result um, when Chantel Cameron beat her on a, in her homecoming, so um, obviously that was it was a bit of a an all or nothing for Katie Taylor on the line, and um, yeah, she was very zoned in, and uh, yeah, not not her usual self. She wasn't going around doing doing all the media rounds kissing every baby's head that she walked past um so yeah it it was different but uh obviously she did exactly what she needed to do to make sure um she got the job done on saturday night yeah thanks for rubbing it in she canceled on us as well like an hour before coming on the show or supposed to come on the show on wednesday she had a lot going on so i understand i understand but you know I think a lot of people. I think, I think you, were on, you were on a list of people she uh, okay. <laughs> She did that too, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's all good. We still love her. Um, you fought on big stages before and had big fights. Did you feel more nervous for this one, considering the buzz in that arena and, you know, how big this event was? Not really. I feel like the bigger the event, the bigger the occasion, the better the opponent, all these things, I feel like I rise to that. I feel like that's where you you see the best me. So for me, it was my dream. That's I was doing what I love and um, living the dream. So for me, like I I rise to the occasion. Um, that doesn't make me more nervous. If anything, it just makes me perform better. So what is it like? Uh, what is going on in your mind? Like I see when you walk out, you're smiling. It looks like you're like walking out in, in like to a parade. You're shaking everyone's hand. You're <laughs> you're waving and stuff like that. Even your song. She's a lady. Like that's not a typical uh, fight song. What is going on? How are you so jovial and happy when you're walking out? I feel like I'm not a typical uh, fighter anyway. So for me, like I just like to be in my zone. I like to feel happy. I like to feel relaxed because that's the the kind of fighter I am. When you watch my fights, you see I'm smiling throughout the fight. I'm having fun out there. Uh, I'm doing what I love. And when I'm in my zone, when I'm um, relaxed and and happy, that's when I perform my best. And that's where like you'll see my best performances. When I'm tense or nervous or I don't know, I feel like it just wastes energy. Wow. So you never get nervous? You never get anxious? How's that possible? No. You're going out there to fight in front of thousands of people. Big stakes, huge fights it. coming up. No <laughs> nerves? No jitters? No. No. What? I just, I feel so, I feel so cool like walking out. Like I just feel like I'm born for this. Like this is, this is what I do every day in the gym, and now I get to do it in front of all these people and show these people what I do. Have you always been know, that way? Like even in Olympics, no nerves? Olympics, no nerves. Like weirdly, no nerves. It, it freaked me out a little bit how not nervous I was for the Olympics because obviously that was that was the dream for so yeah. long was being there and um, I had this whole thing built up in my head and then I got there and was just like so chill and it was just like every other time. But um, I did used to get a little bit nervous um, 
in my teen years, but yeah, it passed. Wow. I think like I'm just so I'm I trust my training and I trust my preparations and I know the work that I put in day in, day out, that when I go in there, I just feel like I don't have anything to be nervous about. I, I trust myself and what I've done. And I know I'm just going to go out there and, and showcase what hard work I've put in. By the way, why do you come out to that song? I don't know. I like it. I like, I, I hear a song during a, during a training camp. And if it gets me in that, that zone, that happy, relaxed, cool, state of mind I don't know I feel like I go I, I kind of just see it I'm like I can see myself walking out to this and, and it was the same with that song I just I heard it during training camp like during the camp and lead up to this fight and I thought yeah I think I'll, I'll walk out to that and I, and I just I just did okay wow simple as that uh, <laughs> yeah. by the way going back to the Olympics for a moment uh, the last time I did speak to you was back in Dublin in May and you seemed like quite close to going back and trying out for the Olympics in 2024 in Paris Ultimately, you decided against it. I know you've spoken about this before, but uh, not to us. Why did you make that decision to stay as a pro and continue on this journey? I feel like I knew deep down that I didn't have that same hunger and want for the Olympic gold medal anymore after um, my first year in the pros. But there was like a little thing in the back of my mind that was just like a what if, like what if the Olympics come around and you regret this, like for not going and trying to do it. Um, so I felt like I had to really, really test myself to see if it was what I wanted to do. And I went, I went and met up with the Australian team and I trained in their, um, international training camps and I was back sparring with all the amateurs again. And I just, I just knew in my heart of hearts, it just wasn't for me anymore. I, I had new goals. I've, I'm on this new adventure and I've got like the world at my feet in my pro career. And I just felt like it wasn't it wasn't for me anymore. And I, I knew that I was on the right path and I wanted to keep, I wanted to go all in. And I felt like I hadn't gone all in on my pro career yet because I just still had this in the back of my mind. And I just got to that point where I was like, no, this is, this is what I want to do. And I'm on the right path now and I need to keep going. So you're, you're good with that decision. No, no second guessing. Absolutely. No regrets at all. Okay. Um, I, yeah. I wonder if you agree with this uh, sentiment. I feel like there's a massive difference between the Sky Nicholson that we've seen in the last two fights compared to the first two fights of this year. Um, I know you were disappointed back in February with your performance, and maybe some people were critical that you weren't aggressive enough. I feel like the one that we've seen, the, the Sky Nicholson that we've seen in the last two fights in particular, completely different and way more aggressive. That's the big difference. I thought you were this close mm-hmm. to getting a stoppage in your, in your last fight back in September. Do you agree with that? And if so, what has been the difference? Yeah, definitely. So after that second fight of this year, that was when I went and and did the amateur stuff and made my final decision. And I feel like coming back from that decision, it was like a weight was off my chest. Like I knew 100% now, like I'm all in on my pro career. There's no Paris 2024 in the back of my mind anymore. Like I'm doing this. And I feel like just actually making that commitment, everything changed. My training changed. I was willing to adapt my style, try new things in sparring, be more spiteful, sit down on my shots and and things just started clicking and, and working in training and sparring and and it's starting to transfer into my fights. I just feel like I feel like I keep saying this, but it's so frustrating for me and my team because obviously we see a lot more than obviously the the nine or ten rounds that you guys see in the fight. So um I feel like you guys are seeing 
20% of what I actually can do. And I just, I'm so excited because I just know that every fight I'm going to keep showing a little bit more. And, um, and I just know that as the opposition get better as well, you're just going to keep seeing a better me as well. And I, I've been saying it from the start and I feel like I'm always repeating myself, but uh, I'm just, I'm so excited for the future because I just know I've got so much more to show and to give. Why do you think we're only seeing that 20% and not the, the full 100% that you can offer? I think a lot of the re- like the reason is probably because I haven't been tested yet. I feel like I don't even need to get out of second gear to win my fights comfortably at this point. Um, also, a lot to do with that would be um, it is also very new for me. The pro stuff it's I've never it's never been ingrained in me to go out and stop someone or to hurt someone. So these are all new new for me because for me it was always point scoring, boxing, and just jab and move. And now I'm I'm. I'm entering a new world um, after 15, 16 years, 150 amateur fights um, where I, I I never had bad intentions. I didn't go out there trying to, not even to entertain really. I was just going out there to win on points. That's all I cared about. So it's it's a new world for me and it's not something that just changes overnight. But we're seeing those changes in the gym and I know it's going to keep transferring um, in, in every fight and I'm going to keep showing more and more. Okay, Every fight. So, so let's talk about potential big fights and, and big tests. You've been very vocal, especially as of late, about wanting to fight Amanda Serrano, the undisputed champion at 126. Of course. Uh, I saw the video of you, you know, running out after the win, back into the <laughs> locker room and saying, Serrano next. What do you say to the people who say that you are crazy for wanting to fight a veteran like Amanda <laughs> Serrano, undisputed champion, who think you have no chance of not only beating her, but competing with her? Mm-hmm. Um, I say we'll see. Uh, obviously, I want the Serrano fight. She's the champion in my division. I want to be world champion. I want to prove to the world that I'm the best, and I want to do that by beating the best. Um, I've Every time I call out Serrano, it's never because I disrespect her or don't think she's good or whatever. Like I want to fight the best. That's why I'm calling her out. I want to show my levels. I want to prove that I'm worthy um, so that's why I call her out. It's never out of disrespect. I, I know that 90% of people write me off in that fight and I do not care. I believe I win that fight. My team believes I win that fight. My style is all wrong for her. I keep saying this, but it's okay. I, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I want to prove it. I want the fight. Um, the ball's going to be in her court. Uh, I'm going to be her mandatory and it's going to be completely up to her whether she takes the fight or she leaves the belt. For me, I want that fight. I don't want to fight for a vacant title against somebody else. I want to beat the best. Why do you think her style, your style, excuse me, is bad for her? I believe that my style upsets her because I'm not going to stand in front of her. She, she's flat-footed. She's strong. She's very aggressive, very strong, but she's flat-footed. She's got slow feet, um, and she looks good against someone who stands and trades with her, and that's not what I would do. I would use angles. I would box and move. I would set traps. I'll walk her onto shots. I'll have her walking into the ropes and making her look silly, and that's what I do to my opponents, and that's why so many people keep saying, Sky hasn't fought anyone good, but everyone thought Lucy Wildheart was good when she went the distance with Michaela Mayer, when she went the distance with Estelle Mosley. They didn't do to her, they didn't do to Lucy Wildheart what I did to Lucy Wildheart. I made Lucy Wildheart look silly for nine rounds and then finished it. 
But people don't see that. They think, oh, Lucy must have had a bad night because we've seen what Lucy can do against better girls in higher weight divisions. No, actually, I'm better. You just don't see it because I make people look bad. First of all, I love this shit-talking sky. This is very fun. Second of all, <laughs> do you is this is is part of the reason for this that we're hearing here? Do you feel like you don't get the credit and respect that you deserve? I mean, I don't care about credit and respect. At the end of the day, I just want to prove myself in the ring because I know my performances are going to keep shutting up the haters, shutting up the doubters. My results will speak for themselves. But I want to fight the best. I want to beat the best. The, the doubters and the haters are the ones saying she hasn't fought anyone good. She hasn't been tested. Give me the fight then. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. She's not ready for Serrano. Okay. Give me the fight then. Let's see. Okay. So how confident, because I know. How confident are you that your next fight will be against Amanda Serrano? Not confident, to be honest. What? Why? I, um, I was actually quite confident. I thought, you know what? This will be this will be the one where she looks at it and goes, you know what? Who else really is there at 126 that I can I can fight next? But she tweeted about an hour ago saying my schedule's full. Good luck to her. About I'm you? I'm too busy. About you? Yeah. Oh, she tweeted this yeah. an hour ago. I was doing the show. What, what did she say? Did I, did yeah. I pull it up here? Let's... Um, yeah, pull it up. I I might have even sent it to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, sorry, I don't look at uh, the phone. We don't take breaks, unfortunately. Here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna get it. Uh, Serrano, yeah. this is what she had to say. Okay, Serrano's sisters, uh, she wrote, oh, here it is. Okay, did some work and a little something of a workout before I head out for some house chores. I'm shooting another commercial Thursday. Yay. Time to get my fight schedule set. Just be on the lookout. I'm saying no more. Okay, that's not so bad. She says she wants to get okay. her fight schedule set. No? And then she replied oh. to Boxing Social's interview talking about fighting me. Okay. Oh, I see. Can yes, see her I have other plans and a full schedule. Good luck to her. Ah, well, that's disappointing. Yeah. Now, why do you think that is? If okay, so this is this is my perspective. My perspective is the Katie Taylor fight is a legendary fight. The first fight was legendary. I can understand why that would be something that mm -hmm. she would want. Based on what happened on mm -hmm. Saturday, I could also foresee Katie fighting Chantel next, and maybe that not yep. being in the plans. Correct me if, if anyone feels otherwise, including yourself. I don't think there's a bigger fight for her than you, considering your popularity, considering your record, considering what you've done and the interest that you have drummed up over the past two years. There's nothing, I mean, just comparing you to her past few opponents post Katie, no one compares. So why do you think she is saying this? At 126, I'm the fight. So unless she's not interested in remaining undisputed at 126 anymore, for whatever reason, her other plans, um, that she might share with us soon. I don't, I don't understand it because she doesn't think I'm ready for her. Um, she doesn't think I've earned my place, but I'm going to be her mandatory challenger and it's going to be up to her. So for me, I, I don't see any other fight at 126 that makes sense for her. So unless her plans are to no longer be the reigning queen at 126, then like, I don't really have an answer for you. Okay, so let me ask you this. Her last fight was uh, three-minute rounds, right? And that was a big deal, yes. clearly, for her. But WBC didn't recognize that, and so that might be part yes. of the problem. If, if she says to you, okay, fine, I'll fight you, but it's three-minute rounds, what's your response? To be honest with you, I believe three-minute rounds suits my style. I'm not, I'm not a 
I'm not advocating for three-minute rounds for women's boxing. I think for women's boxing as a whole, I think two-minute rounds has been serving women's boxing well. I think it's kept the fights exciting. It's forced the pace of the fights um, and it's got more eyes on women's boxing. Um, but I also have to follow the sanctioning rules and I would fight her under any sanctioning rules. If WBC turned around and said, okay, we'll do the fight over three-minute rounds, let's go. I'm all in. What if WBC says no, but the other three say yes, which was the case for her last fight in October? She won't fight me. She won't fight me for those belts because I'm not mm. her mandatory opponent in any of those sanctioning bodies. So it's it's political and it's annoying, but yeah, I don't I don't know how else I can get that fight at this point. Have you lost all hope, or do you think it's possible? I haven't lost all hope. I feel like. I feel like when the mandatory order is made and she's actually asked, "Do you, will you fight her or will you vacate? And she actually has to make that choice. Then maybe she might turn around and say, oh, well, she's asked for it. She's going to get it. Let's see. But I don't know at this point. When When is that expected to happen? I don't know. Could it happen but, soon? Yeah, I believe so. What if Hopefully it's... by Christmas, because it'll be a nice Christmas present. Yes. Uh, would you be willing to fight her in her, you know, in her home country of Puerto Rico? Anywhere in the world. Um, I know Matrim has had talks with um, governments in Australia about having the fight in Australia, which I think would be amazing. But I would happily fight anywhere in the world. I've, I think I've proven that in my nine fights in six different countries, but. Right, that is true. Anywhere. Yes. Uh, and, and I know you just went to Mexico to fight the Mexican champion there back in uh, September. And by the way, uh, I must say, uh, what, what a gesture, what a classy move on your part to uh, include the, the name of, of her husband on your shorts on, um, on Saturday. And not only that, I, I noticed, and, and we're, showing, uh, it, it, we're showing the picture right now, it says, rest in peace, Diego Arua. Um, very, very nice. I mean, just beyond nice that you would do that. And I even noticed after the win in September, for several days, you didn't even acknowledge the victory. You're quite active on social yeah. media, uh, and you went completely dark. How did you How did you deal with all of that? How did you process all of that? For those that don't know, uh, her husband, who's her head coach, uh, unfortunately passed away um, in in the middle of the fight, essentially, and it was it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty shocking to see towards the end of the fight. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, the last ten seconds of right. the last round. Um, he collapsed and had a heart attack and uh, was never revived. It was something you can never really be prepared for or expect. Or and to be honest, it just yeah, it, it didn't it didn't sit well with me. I just I really actually I really struggled emotionally um, with what had happened and celebrating the win just wasn't even an option. It didn't feel right at all. I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel excited. Um, which was sad because at the time it was my it was a career best performance for me. Um, but what my opponent was going through was beyond um, imaginable. Basically, it was it was horrific. It was just yeah, it was horrible, horrible timing and just something you couldn't be prepared for. Um, and yeah, it I I did struggle with it for a little while after the fight, and um, and that's why I did. I wanted to uh, have that tribute on my shorts in this fight. 
uh, for Diego Arua and for Sabrina, my opponent. Very well done. Um, is it true that Ed Sheeran was looking for your locker room? Is this a real thing? It's a real thing. Come on. Ed Sheeran's asking to meet you? <laughs> yeah. So I was the first ever boxing fight he's ever watched live. Wow. Got there early, right on 7 p.m. to to watch the Aussie bird, I was I was told. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah, he, he became a, a, a Sky Nicholson fan, which yeah. was really really exciting um he came and yeah had a little chat backstage after the fight um what yeah did you it, was, speak it was about? really cool he asked me where in australia i was from and i said brisbane and he uh said bris vegas so he he was um yeah he was a fan of brisbane so that was cool um we talked about where i'm i'm training in england uh a little suburb called bromley and it's actually where his dad's from so no we had a good little chat um he he was just like really excited about being at the boxing and was loving the show and was really excited for katie taylor obviously and yeah no it was really cool he was a really cool casual nice guy wow it was it was weird (laughs) the next walkout song now needs to be an ed sheeran joint right well, um, I believe IFL put him on the spot um, in his interview when he did say he became a Sky Nicholson fan. Wow, um, there it is. To, to, to line up the, the walkout for my world title fight. So we'll see if he's a man of his word. Okay, wow. Stay tuned. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you think in, in your heart of hearts? I feel like there's a chance. The one thing that I'm worried about, yeah. Matchroom MVP, they haven't been the best of friends. Do you think that could be a problem? What do you think? I mean, I just, I think it would probably go to purse bids. Okay. Um, if we, if she is to uh, accept the fight. Um, so I don't know if it would be a co-promotion. I think they would probably go to purse bids. Um, and that will basically depend on where the fight would be, which promoter actually has the fight, all the other details basically. But for me, I don't care. I don't care if it's on an MVP show or a matchroom show. I don't care if it's in Australia, if it's in Timbuktu. <laughs> I just want to fight. I want to fight the best. I want to prove I'm the best. What's your message, sir? She's watching this right now. What's the message? <laughs> I know you don't think I'm worthy uh, of, of fighting you, Amanda, but I promise you I'm worthy. I'm more than worthy. I'm ready, and I would be honored to share the ring with a champion such as yourself. Wow. I would love to see it. Could you imagine you in Puerto Rico fighting her? I mean, that would be gigantic. I know you'd want to fight back home, uh, of course. I would love it. That would be insane. That crowd is nuts. They had a Let's WWE event. Oh, my God. It would be incredible. The crowd in Puerto Rico, they had a WWE event in May there. It might have been the greatest crowd I've ever experienced. They are and I just watched it on television, but they were insane for one of their own <laughs> fighting. You have Bad Bunny yeah. walk around. You have Ed Sheeran walk you out. Come on. It's all coming together. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> when would you like to fight again? Um, for me, ideally, I would like probably April. Um, I've had, a, obviously, a very busy nine fights in 18 months. Um, so a little bit of downtime now and then. Obviously, if I'm fighting the the queen of boxing, I would like a, a full preparation from the new year. So I think April would be um, a really good time. But again, beggars can't be choosers at this point. Right. I want the fight anywhere, anytime. Just I, I just want the opportunity to to show the world. 
I love it. Uh, one last thing before I let you go. A lot of people were very mean to me over the weekend, came at me, including, she wasn't mean, but she did come after me. Clarissa Shields herself, she was unhappy that I called Katie the greatest of all time. She was very upset oh. about this and her fans were very upset. You're, you're a, a, an expert, I am not. Who's the greatest <laughs> of all time in female boxing? You can't, you can't really not put Clarissa at number one. Okay. A lot of people, a lot of people have it as shared number one with Katie Taylor, but it's very hard to put anyone above Clarissa and what she's done. Two Olympic um, golds, undefeated. Yeah. Right. Multiple weight classes. Undisputed in multiple right. weights. She, she's done the biz and she's the real deal. Um, Who's fought tougher competition? You know what? Katie's weight division and surrounding weight divisions is obviously a lot more, there's a lot more depth in my opinion um, because the average population of women is just that that's the average size woman. Right. Um, obviously Cl Clarissa fights in, in heavier weight divisions, so there's less depth there. Um, but in saying that she has, fought and beat great talent and made it look easy. Mm -hmm. People like Marshall. Um, so you, you can't, you can't really ever take away from what Clarissa's done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all, it's all, it's personal opinion as well. Yes, of course. You, you, you're, you, you are allowed to have your opinion on who you think is the greatest of all time. And it doesn't have to be who everyone else thinks or who somebody else oh thinks. Oh, my God. They were coming after me. The, the point is, the, <laughs> good, the good news is, the fact that we can have these debates surrounding yeah. women's boxing in 2023 going to exactly. 2024, 10 years ago, there was no debate to be had, right? There was nothing to talk about, really. There was a couple of people here and there. Yeah. The fact that we could talk about you against Amanda and, and Alicia is going to come back and Katie and, and, and Chantel and... Uh, Clarissa mm -hmm. and all her opponents. I mean, it's just Sandy Ryan coming up. She got robbed in her last fight. And, and I know Katie gave her some big props over the weekend as well. Like, there's just mm -hmm. a lot to like. And it's great to see. And I'm so happy that uh, women's boxing is getting this kind of love. And uh, very happy for you as well. So congratulations. Well done. Congrats on an incredible 2023. Hoping for big things for you in 2024. And hopefully you get that fight early next year. And we can answer this question once and for all. Yes, I hope so. Fingers are crossed. Um, yeah, let's see. We'll see what happens. Ball's in her court now. All right. Good luck to you, Sky. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See ya. There she is, Sky Nicholson, undefeated 9-0, made uh, quite the case for uh, that fight. I would love to see it. And I knew it. I knew when she said Clarissa Shields, I knew there would be a message waiting for me from New York Rick. Uh, saying, tell Sky I say that. I knew there was something. I could just, I felt it when she said it. I just felt it. The GOAT. I maintain I am correct. But listen. The GOAT. <laughs> the GOAT. It's, uh, man, she was all up in there. She was, people are coming after me. Jeez. You know, I was, by the way, I haven't changed my stance. I've said the same thing. No, you've been, you've been very consistent. Maybe the loss hurts me, hurts my, my case. Uh, the loss back in May, of course. But I would say the redemption makes it an even stronger case. Uh, great stuff there from Sky. I, I love the energy. I love the passion. Uh, I love the case that she is stating for herself. So let's see what happens. I would love to see it happen in 2024. Now, let's move along to our last guest of the day. What a year it has been for him. What a two-year stretch it has been for him. Unbelievable. 10-0 and now in PFL. He wins the million dollars once again. He is the king of the lightweights. He closed the show 
on Friday with the win over Clay Collard. What an absolute amazing run it has been for the Canadian gangster, the pride of Montreal, the pride of Quebec, the king of the 155-pounders. And maybe that's it. Is it really it for OAM? I don't believe it. Let's ask him right now. There he is, Olivier Aubin-Mercier. Olivier, my friend. And by the way, a lot of people jumping on the OAM bandwagon these days because of your success. I just want to let you know, through two jobs, oh yeah, through multiple studios, we still have it right here. Still have it after all these years. The Canadian gangster <laughs> fanny pack. We've never, we've never wavered. I hope you know this, Olivier. So, félicitations, mon ami. Merci, c'est trop gentil. Um, so congrats uh, is, is what I just said. Uh, you did it again. Are you exhausted? How tired are you right now? I feel like you're exhausted. Yeah, I am. I am, but uh, exhausted, but happy, you know. Uh, it was uh, pretty emotional. The last two days were, were pretty emotional, you know. I was happy to uh, come back home uh, yesterday. And I'm happy to see uh, my girlfriend. And I'm happy to see uh, my my daughter. So it's nice. It's really, really nice. Uh why so emotional? I know that may be a bit of a weird question, but is, is, are you typically emotional after fights, or is this because it might be the end of this chapter in your life? Uh, I think because it may be the end, you know. Uh, the strange thing, it's... Um, like, for sure, I wanted to uh, to end my career in a good note, but truly, I didn't feel anything when I uh, when I won, you know. I didn't feel anything about the sport, and uh, but I was really emotional about seeing my family and seeing the people I like, and I think that's a good sign that it it may be the end. You know, it may be time to uh, uh, to uh, to stop it. You know, because it's not normal that uh, you don't feel anything when you win one of the biggest fights of your career. You know. Wow. So you're saying on Friday you didn't feel anything? Friday, like I didn't care. I didn't care. I was just. Uh, like looking forward to see the people I, I love, you know, and uh, people were like, "Yeah, you should be happy. You just won a million. I was like, "Yeah, that's, no, that's true. I won a million. <laughs> you never felt and this way. The, uh, the all day, the the day I fought, I didn't think one. Like I didn't think about the million. I didn't think about anything but to finish the the career in a good note. And I think it showed that. Yeah, I think it's this is the end. I know you don't believe me, but I, I, I really do think that if I don't start start the fire again in my in, like inside me, like it won't it won't happen. I don't think it's a good idea for me to fight again if I don't have the this fire, you know. Sure. And and so, um, were you thinking on like Friday morning or fight week or leading up to the fight? This is the last one, or was that a feeling that hit you after the fight? Really, it hit me uh, last year, you know. Wow. Last year, I was like, "Fuck, I don't, I don't know if 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 I want to stop now." And then they called me. They said, "Oh, we we have a good fight for you. We have Shane Burgess." And I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck." <laughs> okay, <laughs> let, let, let's let's do this one, and we're gonna see. And I remember, okay, my my mom, you know, my mom, she like really respectable, and she. When I started MMA, she was like, I don't want you to start MMA because I'm scared of you getting hurt and I'm scared of uh, what's going to happen, you know. And uh, they, they came to uh, to Las Vegas this uh, this year after the Shane Burgess fight. And I told my mom and my dad, like, I don't know if I'm going to finish the, the season. I don't think I'm going to finish this, uh, this season this year. Wow. And she <laughs> told me, 
nah, come on. Three more fights. Three more fights, Ali. You can. I was like, what? Money changed you, mom. <laughs> wow. So where did you so find the motivation? It's funny when I, when I wanted to, to start MMA, she was against it. And when yeah. I wanted to, uh, to stop it, she was against it again. How did you find the motivation then? Like, like that's, that's. Oh, there was no motivation. There was, there was no motivation. Really? No, there was no motivation all year. Like I was there every single day at the training. I was there. I didn't want to do it, but I was there. I did my homework, you know. I didn't miss a day and I was smart about my training. But the motivation was not there. I didn't want to go uh, every day training, you know. I wanted to stay uh, at home. But you know what? We we are athletes, you know. We we have to find the like we have to find something. It's my goal. You know, my, my life was about fighting. All my life was about fighting. So I knew it was the last year. And so I said to myself, you know what? Like you're gonna push it till the end and you're gonna go one hundred percent, even though you don't you don't like it anymore, you don't want it anymore. Go one twenty one twenty percent, you know? Mm. And that's what I did. I've never been that good. I disagree with the last part of your statement, but I understand where you're coming from. Did you feel did you feel this way last year in New York when you won? Like, did you think there was a chance last year after that fight that you were done, that that was your last one? No, I, I last year I really thought that um, I was going to take a little break, you know, because mm -hmm. I was tired of the year, like uh, all year, you know, I was like, okay, man, let, let's take a little break. And But then, like I said, they told me, oh, uh, we have a good fight for you. We have Shane Burgess for you. So I was like, oh, okay, let's, let's, do, let's do this year and see. What's up, you know? And but that, it was too too fast. It was really too fast. That's the hardest part, you know. It's like you finish a season and then you have one month, and then they tell you, "Oh, you're gonna fight this guy. You have to start training again." Yeah. And then that's it. You have no vacation anymore. So it's that that, that was too fast for me. I think if I if I took maybe a little bit uh, more break, maybe I would have like some more juice in me, but not anymore. Like it. It burned me, you know. Do you think part of the burning is that this tournament is so uh, exhausting? And <laughs> and maybe in this world now where there's this Bellator product where you can do one-off fights and, and maybe just fight once a year or twice a year, Max, that would be better for you? Or do you think the candle is just completely out and it's it's impossible to get it back, the fire? Uh, well, like right now, I don't know. But I doesn't feel like it, you know, uh, like uh, I feel like uh, I want to uh, to be in vacation for a long time and maybe have other project. But we're gonna see. Maybe like in a year, like uh, I'm gonna do a GSP of myself. But like the thing is, GSP like was able to to do it perfectly. But not a lot of fighters are able to come back uh, after a year or two off. You know, it's it's pretty dangerous for MMA fighters to come back after that. So I'm going to see, I, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm smart with those decisions, you know, uh, I know when it's time, when it's not time. And personally, I do feel this is the end, you know. By the way, GSP, legend that he is, four years off he took. As crazy as Yeah, it's crazy. Insane. Yes, it's absolutely. I was worried. I was worried, to be honest. <laughs> For him? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course, uh, we get older, it gets slower, but I mean, he's just one of a kind. Um, and, and so for you, what do you think you will do other than like just 
chill out and be on vacation. How are you? You're still a young man. You still have a lot to to do and, and a lot of time on this earth. What do you think you'll do? I don't know. You know, uh, I think I'm pretty good uh, with communication, especially in French and English. Uh, I do suck ass, but I think in French, I'm pretty good. So uh, I think like I receive like already I receive a lot of call, you know, for uh, wow. for TV. So that would be like a good avenue for sure. But the good thing with, you know, PFL, like they, they give they gave me so much. Um, and one of the things they gave me, it's, uh, it's freedom. And uh, right now I have the freedom to do anything I want without even being stressed about money. You know, uh, I could be a barista. I could be a pizza. Olo, I don't care. You know, I could do anything like the only thing I need right now. It's something new. Uh, I cannot be like in vacation for like forever. Sure. sure. Like you, I, I think some like a uh, human being need uh, a goal in life, you know? And I, I think I need a new goal, and that's gonna be the challenge, uh, the next couple of years. You know, you know. Although it's tough because athlete, like the sport we do, uh, it's us. You know, it's our personality. This is us. And then the day you you you're not doing your sport, it's not you anymore. So it's it's really hard, I think, for athlete to accept that. And I think that's going to be a challenge for me for the next couple of years. You know that I'm not the the kick-ass uh, motherfucker that I used to be. You know, uh, there's something special of being a fighter, and uh, I'm not anymore. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. But I have to be careful. I, I do think I have to be careful. Uh, like I said, to come back maybe two or three years later for the uh, wrong reason. You know. Right. So that's uh, yeah, hurrying. You know. Do you have any uh, contractual ties to PFL anymore, or is it done after this fight? Could you do whatever you want? Uh, well, I wouldn't say whatever I want. Like, I don't think I can go uh, fight in, in UFC. You can't? Uh, well, you're not a free agent? You still have, uh, like, if the UFC called you and said, we're coming back to Montreal, we want uh, we want you on there. Could you I'm do pretty sure I can't. I'm, okay. I don't know, like, for sure, but since I'm the, the champ, I don't think I can. Um... So, uh, no, no, uh, uh, not whatever I, I want, but like for sure me in my mind, like I would like to help uh, PFL maybe in other ways, you know, like PFL gave me so much and, um, uh, really thankful to, to them. You know? So I don't know if they want to look for a new, to uh, challenger in, in Montreal, in, uh, in Canada, but I think I would be a good, uh, scout to, uh, to find those, uh, those guys, you know? I don't know. I would like to uh, to help them, but uh, we're gonna see. Uh, any, I don't know. I don't know if regret is is the wrong word, but it's been a while since you fought in Canada over four years. Been a while since you fought in Montreal. Um, any any sadness over the fact that you couldn't fight? You know, as you're doing so well now, couldn't fight back home. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sad. Um, well, like I said, on the. Not all the door are closed, you know. If if PFL give me like the like the opportunity maybe to do one last fight in Quebec and uh, money is good, the friend of mine are on the the show uh, because I don't just want it to to be about me, you know. I want it to be about uh, other uh, uh, Canadian athlete too. 
so if that is met, maybe maybe I'm gonna think about it. Uh, but for sure, it's gonna. If this is the end, I would be a little bit sad that I didn't uh, fight one last time in uh, in Montreal. But this is life, you know. It's uh, it's not always uh, it's not always uh, your way, you know. Uh. So they have this plan, just to be 100% clear, they have these plans of Bellator champion, PFL champion. Most likely, you're not going to be a part of that, right? No, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> I feel bad because, you know, when they, they, they told us about that, like this week, and that was, <laughs> my plan was done, you know? Yeah. I was like, ah, okay. But then I think Usman got cut. Uh, no, suspended. He got suspended. Yeah, he got Right. Yeah, he got suspended. So I was like, Oh, well, at least they won't do, like, a face-off, you know? <laughs> sure, he wasn't there, yeah. Although I'd love to see that fight, just selfishly, but I can understand if the motivation isn't yeah. there. Um, of all the champion versus champion fights, I think that's the most interesting one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. I think Guzman, by the way, is a great athlete. You know, I, I watched a lot of his fight, and I actually uh, I was doing some of, some of his technique, you know, in training because of him. So, uh, yeah. Wow. That would have been good. Uh, mentally, when you have no more motivation and you're in this grind and you're 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 fighting four times, like how difficult has the past year been for you to find some kind of juice to keep going? Well, it's 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 weird because um, you, you don't have juice, but you have no pressure either. You know, right? That's true. So I guess that can help. So I guess that can uh, that can help. You know, I was going in fights like, oh, okay, let's go. Like uh, if I win, I win. If I if I if I lose, I'm in vacation, and it's my <laughs> it's my goal anyway. So I, I was not. I don't think it was a bad thing. Uh, I think I was so much calmer than uh, all those years. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was a uh, it play uh, it play uh, for me, you know. Uh, you you have talked a lot about how much uh, GSP has meant to you, and and what he means to all athletes, not only in Canada but Quebec specifically. Did mm -hmm. you? remember feeling a certain way about the way in which he left in 2013 and 17 and thinking i would like to do the same You're, if you are done this is a pretty incredible way to go out you've won your last 10 in a row here mm -hmm. two back-to-back -back championships did that mean something to you and in, in, in a way are you trying to replicate that uh not really you know i don't uh, like uh I got told for so long that I'm the, I'm the next GSP, and I knew I was not the next GSP. You know, GSP, what, what he did was so amazing. So for me to try to do everything the same way as GSP would be uh, wrong. And I think <clears throat> the day I understood that, uh, that I was more vocal, I think I was uh, maybe a little bit funnier in uh, in an interview. Like, it, it really played for me, you know, it uh i finally became some, something else you know I, i'm not just the the guy that is supposed to be the next gsp so like for me to finish finish it my way it would be great uh, i'm happy with that did that annoy you when you were when people were trying so hard to compare you to him and say that you were the next him when you were coming up were you frustrated by that no not really because you know you're young and me i start mma because of him you know i saw him in a tv show and uh, decided to uh, to to start MMA to quit judo and start MMA instead and so for me like he like he's a he's important in my life you know the the, the it's the reason why I start uh, like uh, this crazy adventure uh, so no 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 I was not 
almost not mad at that, but uh, I, I did feel some pressure when I was uh, younger, though. Uh, when you when you left the UFC a few years ago, did you consider retiring before signing with PFL? Like, was there a part of you that said I was done back then? Yeah, bro. It it was a weird like it was a weird time. I said that like a, a lot of time in the in the past interview, but you know, it was during the COVID era when I was uh, uh, at that point. So I was training, but I didn't know what, why I was training. You know, was I training for a fight? Or was I training to go see my neighbor and take his food? You know, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know if it was the end of the uh, the the world. So, like, it, it was a weird uh, weird time, and it's true. I didn't know if if it was the end for me in the in MMA, but I believed in myself, and I believed I was uh, getting better every day, and uh, I continue, continue, and PFL was. Yeah, like they, they got me in and then they gave me my first fight. I got hurt. Uh, I had to to wait again. And I was like, oh, man, am I getting older? You know, I got hurt in my high and I was like, I don't think it's normal that I received just a little like punch and then my hurt, my uh, eye exploded. And uh, the doctor told me like, oh, no, that's. That's kids. Kids have that. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm not getting old. If kids have the, this kind of uh, injury because of a balloon they receive in the in the face, like he, like I'm not getting older. So, okay, let's take a little break. Let's start again. Then I did my first fight for PFL against uh, Morrison Eld, uh, which I won. Uh, and then at that point, I, I did skip a fight and I won all of them. So, uh, 10 and 0 in the MPFL after that. Incredible. By the way, your uh, right ear here, is that, that dot over there? Is that, what is going on over there? Is that from, uh, oh my dear. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What is that dot there? Is that because you got it drained? No, no, no. I don't know what happened. Like, that's another thing, you know, you fight so like always. So this, I had this for six months. Wow. Because I'm wrestling and like uh, the the skin like oh my dear like went away and then I train and then I train oh now it get better but then I train again and then it get away <laughs> so for six months I had this so I'm pretty happy that if I talk to you in a year this is not gonna be there okay. anymore perfect does it hurt nah yeah it hurts it hurts <laughs> like hell <laughs> what you it's a, it's a freaking all in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wear headgear when you train? No. <laughs> when you wrestle. Oh, I'm you're... a Canadian gangster. What are you talking about? <laughs> but what is it? <laughs> oh, my headgear. God. That looks oh, so painful. God. Golly. That looks miserable. <laughs> Jeez. Louis. And then you're fighting yeah, guys with bad. that? Man. Which uh, which victory are you, are you happiest about? Like, which one? If someone says to you, I want to watch the best of OAM, what do you say to them? Uh, I think against Anthony and uh, the last one too, um, uh, against Bruno were pretty good. Uh, against Shane, I think I was really tactical, really good fight. And I think I'm pretty proud I did a five-rounder uh, against uh, Collard, you know, a guy that is known for, for having a, a good uh, cardio. And look, I do think that I was better everywhere than uh, Collard. But the only way he was going maybe to beat me, if he is if it's um, is with the cardio, you know. So I'm happy that I was able to to do the five round with him. So yeah. 
What are you most proud of as far as what you've accomplished in your career? Uh, the two belt. The two belt and the 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 last eight fights, you know. Like yeah, I'm 10 and 0 in a, in a NPFL, but it's really the eight fights in two years that it's freaking insane, you know. And uh, I, I said that in a lot of uh, interview. Sorry, you're not the first, but you know you can be a UFC champion, um, and you can be a PFL champion, but it doesn't mean that you can be the other one, you know. A PFL champion not necessarily going to be a UFC champion and the UFC champion cannot necessarily be a PFL champion because it's so different and the challenge are so so different so yeah yeah I'm, I'm really proud of that you should be what a stretch for Montreal Alouette's win two weeks ago then you did you watch that great cup I didn't I oh, didn't come but on, I, man. I like during the interview in French uh like uh, I did a little wink you know to the players uh, but other than that, no, a little Easter egg in the, in my interview there. I love it. Well, uh, congratulations. Well done. Congrats on the win and also an incredible career. Uh, you know, I have a lot of love for the, uh, the Quebecois and it was great to see you, uh, burst onto the scene. And then when you were at this crossroads, you could have went left, you could have went right, you went right and you've enjoyed incredible success and, and, and one could argue the most amount of success out of anyone uh, outside of GSP over the last few years uh, coming out of Quebec. So it's a, it's a really beautiful thing. Well done. You deserve the break. A lot of Joe Beef, I feel like, in your future. You could just stuff your face now and eat as much as you want. <laughs> so that's well deserved. Yeah, bro, if you come in Montreal, tell me. We're going to go eat there. I, w- I would love that. I would love that. Uh, thank you so much for the time, and we'll talk soon. And, and uh, happy holidays. And, and again, congratulations, and congrats on an incredible career, Olivier. It's been a lot of fun watching you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for everything. Everything that you've done uh, for me and for all the athletes. Thank you so much. Merci. There he is, Olivier Aubin-Mercier, the uh, winner of the lightweight tournament, 10-0 and now in uh, PFL. He walks away as champion just like GSP did uh, back in 2013, just like he did back in 2017 after beating Michael Bisping. What a freaking run. Uh, the last three fights that this man had in the UFC, Alex Hernandez... Gilbert Burns, and a guy named Armin Sarukian, who's headlining the UFC event this weekend against Benil Dariush. That's an incredible run. Uh, prior to that, wins over the likes of Evan Dunham, uh, Drew Dober, Thibaut Goti, David Michaud. Remember, he was a uh, finalist on the uh, Ultimate Fighter Nations series. That was Canada versus Australia. Lost to Chad Laprise. Man, I haven't, I haven't heard that name in quite some time. His last fight was in 2018. It's been a while since we've heard of Chad Laprise. And boy, I hope that there are young fighters out of Quebec and out of Montreal and out of Canada that are watching Olivier have this great success and uh, are inspired because Lord knows we need some uh, some new talent out of not only Canada, but Quebec in particular. So great to see the Canadian gangster. What a, what a, what a character. It was fun when Reebok made this for him. With the stash. Uh, sad to see him go because he's in the midst of the greatest run of his career. But if you, don't got the, uh, if you don't got the motivation, you don't got the motivation. And pretty remarkable that he didn't have the motivation and was still winning and won the whole damn thing. Unbelievable. Uh, thank you very much to Cash App for their support. I want to give them a shout out here. A very inspiring day, I must say, with the likes of uh, Impa Kasangane and Olivier and 
Joe Pfeiffer and Sky Nicholson, all very inspiring characters joining us. Now let's talk to uh, two more inspiring characters in our lives, uh, the great GC and well, your, there they are. Yeah, there we are. Easy. The segue. Did the Cash App ad really say uh, Becky G and Carol G? No, it said Carol G, but I included Becky G because oh, of the, okay, right. the confusion last week. I thought they had a custom slide. Oh, in there. That was really going to be some impressive stuff from that, Cash App. That would have been money, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that would have been money. That would have been incredible. Uh, and they impress us a lot. Their merch, their ad reads, but no. Uh, I lava was just, lamps. Yeah, I was just, yeah, the lava lamp. I was just uh, doing a callback, if you will, to last week. That was okay. Nice. Um, I spoke a little bit, but I, I, need to, I, need to, I need to dissect this a little bit more. Let's go to the top of the show in order. PFL Friday night. You guys were, you guys were about to go, and if we could break the fourth wall, we were... All, I, I, on your behalf as well, counting our lucky stars that you didn't make the drive, and more importantly, didn't decide to drive back because that thing ended at I think like one or one fifteen or something like that a.m. Eastern time. That would have been absurd. Uh, GC, I'll start with you. You were locked in from beginning to end. Your thoughts on the whole package, and you know, you can respond to some of the things that I said about the night. You know, to 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 recap, you know, there were there were some fine moments. I thought Kayla was a a nice comeback. Impa, great story. Olivier, great story. We saw some knockouts here and there. Uh, Hennen was great, all that stuff. Long. The Bellator thing to me was the most exciting component of it all. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I was also impressed with Derek Brunson's debut. I thought that was really cool to see him perform as well as he did. The fights were uh, the fights were good. Uh, you know, having, I, I think it was three of the six title fights go all 25 minutes, either three or four. Um, the production is is good. It's solid. I, I did like the part about having the Bellator champions there. I thought it was kind of awkward, like having just a stagnant camera on them the entire time. Maybe flash it, shit, you know, let us know that they're watching, and then and then bring it back down. Uh, the mid fight interviews, uh, I also was not a huge fan of those. Um, and then, I mean, you touched on it when you were breaking it down. The the length of it, just the the six title fights is is just too much. The fact that. It took almost eight hours from start to finish for 11 fights. Uh, I mean, it was exhausting. The main card, I believe, if you go on ESPN Plus right now, the main card is like four <laughs> hours and 50 minutes long. Don't tell Steve about this. And if you add up the fight time, uh, the fight time, even with how long the title fights went, was still only two hours and one minute. So you had almost three hours of downtime just on the main card alone. That's just... That's just too much. Yeah, I mean, by by the time, like, you talk about us driving home afterward, I, I was struggling just, just to make it to the end of the card sitting on my couch. Um, yeah, like, the, the fights were fine, but the length of it was was brutal. You know what? I didn't even mention the interviews in the middle of the fights. Wiz yes. Khalifa, Jake Paul. There's better use of them. Like, I, I know that's probably contractual stuff, and you've got them a part of the team. Wiz Khalifa posting an Instagram video and hyping it up before the card is way more impactful than him sitting there and trying to pretend like he knows what's going on in whatever the fight that was. Same with Jake Paul. Like, that's not the best use. If anything, like, go to them in between, go to them before, the pre-show, whatever. It just takes away from whatever you're watching. It's not the 100%. best use and, and Jake Paul being on for the Pacheco fight, and I kind of felt like they were thinking that one might not go too long, and then mm-hmm. it went for 25 minutes, and like they would check back in with him, and he didn't really have too much more to add. Uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like there are better uses for the talent that they have. Uh, I mean, I even thought it was cool that they had like an interview with Ryan Bader during the, the heavyweight fight, but 
could have used it better, maybe beforehand or afterward, his thoughts on it. Uh, but during, like, it, it felt odd. 100%. Or even like little things like keeping Jason Jackson on the screen for that long. Like we don't need him on the entire time. You want to go to him. In be- like I like, they went to Johnny Eblen in between, you know, like for a minute, right? That That's fine. Yeah, hey, cool. Show him that he's there. I love it. Love it. I love that they did have him there. Ah, what an uh, great idea. idea. What an PFL. idea. I mean, it's just uh, a million I mean, dollar idea. thought of that right is there. brilliant. Yep. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it, like, to be honest, it didn't really feel that much different. I mean, we were obviously in the building last year for it uh, from from the championships last year. Like, it does take a while to go through. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what happens in 2024. I think Don Davis tweeted out, like, that was how we're closing Chapter 1 of PFL. Now as we go to 2024, it's time to start Chapter 2 of it. So I'm curious to see what changes they implement. I mean, they asked him about the pacing of it, and he said that they're trying to find a middle ground because it felt like it was it, it almost got into like a uh, uh, a calculated way of they would do it. You would do the fight, they'd do the interview, it would end. Now we're looking to the next one. You would have the breakdown of what to expect, then you would have the profile piece on one fighter, then you'd do the other fighter, then they'd have a little bit more discussion, then they would do the ring walks, and like you're talking about like thirty minutes between each fight. It's a lot. It's a lot. Near Crick. I mean, we've kind of covered all of it. Uh, the UFC does things well. There's stuff to learn there. The fight should be the focus. Stop adding bells and whistles that don't actually add anything. Focus on the fights and then between that, fill it in with whatever else you got. You know what's a big takeaway for me? Um, and again, I, I know we're, we're, we're like, you know, playing coy here. Oh, what a great idea. It was a great idea because the truth is, the Bellator champs that they're acquiring are just bigger names than the PFL champs. Yes. Okay. And so, like, Eblin there, and I know he's not a household name, he's a superstar in the making, in my opinion. Uh, I would strongly argue he could be the best middleweight in the UFC if he got that opportunity. It's not happening now. So seeing him there, seeing Pitbull there, seeing names like that around made it feel bigger, right? I was like, oh, this is smart. I'm so happy that they did it. But it, what it's what it really, like, told me was... This deal is really great for them because they're getting an infusion of talent. Yes. And uh, I can understand. Like, Kogan was saying, like, hey, you know, I probably would have waited. Well, guess what? A lot of those guys would have went to the UFC. So you needed to get those guys. You needed to get that that real estate in the form of these fighters for 2024. Because if not, you're going into 2024, a big year for you guys, post-TV deal, Saudi Arabia deal, all that, with, you know, which needle movers on the roster? Now we're talking about, you know, Patchy and Eblin and Chris Cyborg and names like that. They needed that. They needed that deal badly. So that was like my big takeaway. It was yeah, like, I mean, this was great mi- for them. Minimally so. Like, it was better than not having them, definitely. Like, I, th- I think it was good to have the Bellator fighters there, but it just felt like another PFL card. I'll be honest. Like, I expected it to mm. feel different, and it didn't. It just felt like a PFL card with random cameos by Bellator fighters because they didn't like quite frankly they didn't really have the of all the fights Kayla Harrison versus Chris Cyborg is the face-off that we actually want right like I'm 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 happy to see Pitbull there uh Jesus Pinedo is not somebody who I needed to see him face off with um what was the other face-off we got uh did we get another face-off yeah there were two right what was the other one um no we didn't get Usman we didn't get. There was one more. We didn't hold get on. Bader. We didn't get. My brain is mush. Hold, hold, hold. We, Ooh, got, we already said. Did we get Jason Jackson? We got Jason Jackson. That was the other one. Ah, uh, wait. Did we? 
Yes, we got Magomed, uh, yeah. Magomed, yes, Magomed uh, and Jason Jackson. So again, like great, but the one we actually wanted was Cyborg versus Kayla Harrison, or at least Cyborg versus Larissa Pacheco, and we didn't really get it. It just felt like a PFL card, which is what it is. If you're if you're a fan of that, then great, you got what you what you wanted. If not, it left a little bit to be desired in terms of like, hey, we just closed this big deal. This is the future. Um, it didn't feel that way. So hopefully as as we get out of this season, now this chapter is closed and get into the coming um, promotional period and into early next year before their season starts. And they've talked about, tar- uh, Don Davis has talked about targeting February for this Bellator versus PFL thing. We start to see the influence of that roster and start to see the influence of the sale and start to see the influence of having bigger names on the on the roster. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um I, I just have to say, my biggest takeaway is like if you, if, if you don't make Kayla versus Cyborg, if it's right there and you do Pacheco versus Cyborg, that, that is extremely silly. And I'm trying to be kind. It's, it's the, it, but this is what I, I think I said this last week. Like it feels too obvious now. Like there's oh, going to be a way to mess this up now. That's the biggest crossover fight that they can make. I, I don't know what the better word is promotional versus promo. Like that's the one, right? Yes. I, am I missing one? No. That is I don't the one. Think so. That is the one. Like that is the that will be, and it's the one where they have somebody who you could arguably say, okay, this person is as, as big in in a in a promotional sense, right? Um, or at least closer, um, in a promotional sense to the Bellator equivalent. They don't have somebody who can match star power. Like it, real heat just, there too, and and for, there's a real a fight long, to be made. Oh my god! Like yeah, years. It's obvious, but I feel like. All the zigging and zagging at this point <laughs> makes it. I'd like to think that he threw that out there just to sort of like take the temperature, but well, Cyborg seems to be playing coy on it too. Yeah, but I mean, this and is... Kayla Harrison's calling out people but not saying their names. Like nobody seems to want this fight. No, I mean she said it without saying it. Okay, so why not say it? I don't why know. are we saying? I think it? Why are we do... saying it without saying it? I don't know. Say it. There's a lot of there's all a... of them are <laughs> all of them are messing this up horribly. There's Say a, it. Yeah. Make it. Yeah, I, I I get it. There's I don't know why there's all this weird like dancing around. That's what that's what I'm wondering. I don't know. It it feels it feels inevitable and now not obviously not gonna happen because we deserve nothing. Um all right. Well then let's move along to uh, Dublin on Saturday. I mean, was that one of the greatest fights of all time or what? Maybe the greatest fight in the history of fighting? Okay, stop it. <laughs> uh, it was great, though. Golly, was it those great. two? Those two are great together. Oh my just, god, just a perfect, a perfect match. Um, they were the, the the round would start and they would just go like head down. <laughs> there was no time off taken. It was unbelievable. It was mesmerizing, and 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 it gets frustrating sometimes when you talk about these things in in glowing terms, and people are like, "You're out of your mind." Like. I'm pretty sure you didn't watch. If, if There's nothing that possibly could be said negative about that fight other than if you're like a Chantel Cameron fan, you're like, oh, she was leading with her head or she was grabbing this and that. But in terms of the action that was on display, not only that, the action, the crowd, the stakes, right? If Katie gets knocked out, you know, maybe that's it. There was so much to that fight. It was, I was mesmerized. I truly was. I enjoyed yeah, I mean, really, about it. There was like, Little to no clinching until the last couple of rounds. Uh, that I don't know about. Katie, Katie was a little, a little clinch. The Cameron happy. fans were all upset about it, and I get it. 
I get it. Yeah, I get she was she was clinching a lot. Right. We'll call it what it is. That I said, mean, I thought she when, won very at clearly. The end is when she like really started. I mean, the last two rounds were essentially clinching the entire time. Yeah. But for the first eight, there was a you know okay a lot now more action. you uh, look. I, I really like Cameron a lot. I, I mean, she's a fun fighter to watch. Yeah. But I've been talking about Katie and, and, and my admiration and respect for her for a long time. I believe that was a knockdown in the first round. It was, it was definitely 100% a knockdown. I really I mean, think she punched we t- her. She did not step on her foot. I know that's the argument. Yeah. But like, I've, I've probably watched it like 20 times <laughs> now. It's like the Zapruder film. In, yes. Slow motion on yes. the foot. There's just no way her foot could have gotten that deep while being on top of Katie Taylor's. I, I think we were clean there. And she punches her and she falls back and she, she goes down. I, I don't know how you. I, I see why, like, the ref in real time thought it was a slip, but I, it should have been counted as a knockdown. I thought that the ref thought that it wasn't necessarily a slip, but that he did, uh, or that she did step on her foot. But if you look at it, right. it looks side by side. I think it's the way she fell was a little bit awkward. Yeah, she. I mean, she throws the hand yes. back like she, like she, like she did have her foot caught under it, and then she kind of, you know, got the force of the punch pushed her back, and that's what made her fall. But it rese- it resembled a slip, even if it was a knock. Sure, right. That's the way to say it. Have like, you shown I- this to to Rick though? Because when we were texting during the fight, you thought. Unequivocally, in real was, time, I thought it was a, a slip for sure. I, right. I rewatched it with him, showed him, you know, how deep Chantel's shoe is. He's he's come around to agreeing. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's too yeah. it's too parallel with the ground. The legs are are. It looks like they're both planted on on the ground as opposed to like standing on a foot. Um, but again, the 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 rope is in the way. It's very hard. I I don't uh, I don't care one way or another. Um, because I I thought Titty Taylor won that fight regardless. Right, but the knockdown with the way that the cards were scored. Yeah, then it becomes a majority draw. It becomes a majority draw. Oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, all that, I didn't think 98 92 was a, a fair scorecard. No, egregious. Yeah. Egregious. 96 it was, 94. It was way too close of a fight. No. Cam- Cameron did better work early and late, and Katie absolutely stole the middle rounds. What, um, should, what should Eddie Hearn do, Rick? What should they do with Katie Taylor now? Whoever will fight. Katie in Croke Park in Dublin. That's the there one. There it is. There it is. Someone next, had a great. Someone had a great one up. Uh, tweet. I think it was Caposa. Shout out to our guy Caposa. Is like shout out. Was it him? He's like, this, is Croke Park a thing? Is it <laughs> no, or is it, it just, yeah, is it just the thing that we have? Does anything ever happen? Yes. <laughs> we only hear about it in in combat right. sports. Is this like imaginary thing that never comes to fruition? Oh man, would it be something? It, it, there's no way it wouldn't happen now. The momentum that you have off this win. I think I've said this five times about Connor, Katie's homecoming. Nothing would surprise me. But this, okay, so who should the opponent be? I'll take either of those fights. They were both absolutely Cameron or epic. Serrano. Yes. Yeah. That's that's my opinion on it too. I, I mean, part of, was was part of, part of me was this even really better sad. than that one? I thought Serrano was was just as good was a fight. Mesmerizing. But I, yeah. part of me would Serrano be sad for Cameron incredible. that I th- I feel like she deserves. Yeah, to she's gotten a raw deal. Get another crack at her belts. Those are her belts. I, I agree with you, but this is a business and not, yeah, you know, it, look, she deserves so much credit, respect, all these things for, A, the first performance, which I thought was clear for her, um, but B, fighting both times in Ireland. And now, let's say it does become a trilogy, fighting the third time in Ireland, like, she's a, a rare breed and she should be appreciated for that, um, but this is business. Like, let's let's not pretend like this is doing favors. Like, she will be... 
benefiting on the business end from this. This is this is you know a, a situation that will benefit her greatly, um, being in such in front of such a massive uh, audience, having such a massive gate, drawing all the attention to it. So it, it's not as if she could just go somewhere else and do something that would be equivalent business wise, right? Like she, no, she is especially definitely not benefiting as from champion, this. not as champion, right? So it, it you know she's not doing charity here, but she's very game. And she deserves credit for what she's doing. And Katie is is a willing uh, combatant for her. Like the, these two paired up um, are make magic together. Re- two really really fun fights. Give me uh, give me that fight in the spring. And give me Serrano Nicholson. And let's see. Yeah, but only one's going to be a croak, right? Like you can't run them that close. Oh no no, Serrano Nicholson in uh, Puerto Rico. Oh sorry, you said Serrano Nicholson. I thought yeah. you were saying Serrano Nicholson in Puerto Serrano Rico. After. Insane thing, insane scenes. Serrano, if she if she prevails, if she wins, and Katie prevails, maybe that's the retirement fight for Katie. But have them like somewhat close. There's there's like a weird. There's like a weird, like we were just talking about the cyborg Kayla thing. There's like a weird thing with Serrano and, and Nicholson where she doesn't want to like acknowledge her presence and stuff like that. And, and even like I saw another tweet here about MMA. I don't know why she wouldn't want that fight. Other than like Katie, response, what's the upside? The I know why like, she wouldn't uh, want that fight. Why not? The response is like, uh, I'm busy, but I wish her the best. Thanks. Yeah. It's just like, that's the, she's getting to the point where she. That's the biggest fight that she could get outside of Katie Taylor, no? Okay, we just talked about her as a potential for opponent for Katie Taylor, and you don't understand why she wouldn't want no, the undefeated she, young. If she's not lion. getting, if she's not getting the Katie fight, is there another fight out there that? Is How much big? more business does 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 Sky Nicholson do for her? I think it's a pretty. I think it'll get a lot of attention. Hmm. Big fan base, Puerto Rico homecoming fight. Not enough upside. I understand it from a business perspective. Uh, from a argu- fight perspective, the, I'd watch it. Then the argument is that she can only fight Katie Taylor then. Like, who is... Yeah. I, I think Sky Nicholson is the second biggest fight for her other than Katie Taylor. Yeah, but the gap... The problem is the gap between one and two and then three and two are essentially the same. They, they, they're negligibly all the different. Other, all the other names... Like, honestly, right, sitting here right now, I don't even remember who she fought and it was on October the 27th. I don't even yeah. remember the name of the last opponent. Do you guys? The historic fight. Surely Frank remembers. Frank, who did Amanda Serrano fight on October 27th? Sorry, my mic's not working right now. <laughs> and she picked up a win. Is, I know. Is she, but like, is she fighting Sky Nicholson uh, just because everybody says, like, oh, that's a name? I mean, oh. she is the interim champion. So if WBC says we're going to strip you unless you fight her, that could be a and thing. she could give up her belts. Yeah, but then she's not the undisputed champ. I mean, are we acting like boxers just, like, take these fights against, like, the— No, the... but I will say this about women's boxers— there's way more undisputed fights in women's boxing than there than there are in males because there's less. There's less, but it, of them it feels less. like they want to do it. More like I mean, like just look at Taylor Cameron. Serrano can, to me has a career where she's bounced around so many different weight classes, so many different styles of and and weights of opponents. Like I don't think she needs to be in the grind of like yeah, next one up. If she it, look. If she's holding out for Katie Taylor, I get it. If she's not, then okay, fight Scott Nicholson. That's fine, but like. I can't. Is, I, I can't sit here and be like, "Oh, she's she's ducking her." Like she's no, the. Clear, I was literally just about to say that. There's no way in hell that Amanda Serrano is afraid of any human being on the yeah. planet. Um, I just Business. think at this point, since teaming up with Jake Paul, that was 2021. Her her profile. I mean, there was a point where she was fighting for like 30 and 30, or not even 30. Sorry, 30k. Period. There was no. Yeah, thing. and doing and MMA just doing as a side icon quest. fights. Yeah, yeah, like and God knows what she was making for that. So now I feel like in the sort of back nine of the career, you get the homecoming, 
you're the. Pro- I mean, there was times that she was fighting in these small, like you know, Debella shows that weren't drawing a lot of people. So try to get the biggest fights. I don't know. And and to suggest like Amanda Serrano, in total, probably has over forty pro fights. Yeah, I think she has over forty wins. Yeah. Uh, let me just get it right here. Forty-five and two or something. It's insane. Forty-six, two and one. Wow. As as a pro boxer, let alone the three MMA fights, she even has five submission grappling fights. The the the, the gap in terms of experience, like I don't know. I just think it's the biggest fight. Um, but thrilled for Katie, massive massive win. Great to see the career uh, continue, and uh, great to see her get that one back. And great to see her was, get that. It was very close to her being zero and two in Ireland, and that would have been devastating. Who who is she gonna fight? Call it now. I think Cameron, for several reasons. Number one, easiest fight to make. Easier to make, yeah. Both under the matchroom umbrella. Number two, I think there's a big demand for it. Who who has right, the upper hand? Does, does It felt like, obviously, it's easy to say now in hindsight, but after Katie Taylor loses, it feels like Serrano has the ability to say, like, eh, I'll do it when I want to do it. Now I would argue Katie is on top of the, the boxing world at the moment, and it would behoove Serrano to kind of do it now. Higher than I feel like Clarissa Shields. See, this no, is a different yeah, conversation. Yeah, 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 if we're going to talk about who's the greatest just, sorry, female sorry. boxer, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. You know yeah, what? She has the momentum. She has the I'll big put, fights. Look, she has, she has the momentum. I mean, can we compare the scene uh, in Clarissa Dublin? Clarissa Shields is one of the best boxers the scene of all in Dublin, time, men or women. Period. To Clarissa fighting shout, in Michigan. Shout out to the what quote. are the scenes like in Michigan when she's fighting? What are the scenes? What? Why? Why? I just want to know who's having the impact. Why are you doing this? Okay, here's the thing. Not only, not only is Clarissa, I love Clarissa Shields. Don't make me hate on her. Male or female, she also just decided to do MMA and did it pretty capably for somebody with her lack of experience. Like she's, she's, I, I love Clarissa. She's the best. She's I incredible. She's incredible. I love talking to her on the show. I, I almost hate that I even said that, only because it like turned into this thing. But whatever. Um, I think it's it's Cameron for that reason, the matchroom thing, yeah. and also I think Amanda wants her own homecoming. And, I, and she's talked about Puerto Rico and all that stuff. It yeah. Supposed to be. So I think she and Katie ain't going to Puerto Rico. So I think that she's just like, let me get yeah, that. We're, we're in a spot where all of them kind of control their own destinies and right. can kind of decide, hey, I don't want to do it for one reason or another. Another for the business. And also, we have to remember that, like you talked about, where Amanda Serrano was prior to you know this recent run and and uh, teaming up with MVP. She's also made a good amount of money. In these last couple of fights, like I don't think she needs she the money may not be the motivation to do a Katie Taylor fight, right? Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but she's okay, and and she'll probably do whatever you know the what whatever her her goal is right now, whatever her ambition is, she'll set her mind to it and, and she'll go after it. If if it is more money and this this big Katie Taylor fight in Croke Park, I mean, sign me the hell up. That would be epic. oh my god. And uh, I would say to any Irish fans out there who may be down on the state of Irish MMA, take a look at Irish boxing right now. That Paddy Donovan is an up-and-coming star. Gary Cully gets to win. Thomas Carty's great. He's a training partner of uh, Johnny Walker. So there's something to be excited about as far as Irish boxing is concerned. Of course, the history there is uh, much deeper than MMA. Can we go to Chicago now? Yeah. I mean, what a scene this was. I've been off. I watched from start to finish. Waiting for this. You texted me. Saying, oh, what's going on with Survivor Series? And I mentioned to you, there's been some talk of Punk. Didn't really know. And if I had to bet the house, I wouldn't. It just seemed like the... For those that don't know, like, about 10 years... Actually, it was 10 years ago, I think today, 
CM Punk did a, a podcast interview with Colt Cabana, who at the time was his best friend, and he unloaded on WWE and talked about how they didn't treat his staff infection and all this stuff, and that was pretty much the beginning of the end, and then he goes to Royal Rumble, and then he pretty much walked out on the company and, and did the interview with me in his house right after. No, it was right before he walked out. It was We were there for the late January UFC on Fox in um, 2014 in Chicago. Benson Henderson against Josh Thompson was the main event. Yes, he was once a fighter, a very good one too. And then... We interviewed him on, Casey and I, we interviewed him either on the, I think it was the Thursday night, and then Royal Rumble was on the Sunday, and then he walked out, um, and now, after everything was said and everything done, that he comes back to WWE in Chicago. I, I, I'm honestly shocked. I can't believe that it, that it happened. Insane. This doesn't happen in other sports, right? Only in, in pro wrestling does this shit happen where people are like, oh, I mean, like, in MMA, kind of, I guess, right? Comes, like, what's the equivalent? What's the equivalent? I was going to say, give me the context for what this is. I saw one tweet that compared it to Ngannou coming back to the UFC and it got thousands of likes. So no I way. thought that was no the way. Not even close. Equivalent. I'll, I'll say that, first of all, that's way too fresh. Second of all, that didn't get litigious. This got litigious. They, they sued him, and I hope my details are correct here. It's been a while. They served him papers. On his wedding day, and that really like pissed him off. The week of his second UFC fight against Mike Jackson in Chicago, remember he was in court that week. Yes, f- finalizing this the week of the fight, which unfortunately for him he lost. But then it got turned to a no contest, I think, because of the cannabis. Um, who would it be? Who to be? Who to be? I don't know. What are some of the famous like bygones? Be Randy bygones? Couture in the yeah, UFC. Randy coming back to the UFC would probably be. But as an active fighter, yeah, to fight. And then on top of that, the thing is the, the the problem with this ver- wrestling versus MMA is the timelines are shortened. Right? You can't be. You can't have a career as long. And be relevant in MMA. nine years later. Yeah, you can't just be. Oh, I'm gone for ten years, and all of a sudden I come back. Is it like one of the Hall of Famers? Like who's like a, a persona non grata that got into a into the UFC Hall of Fame? Would it be like Shamrock getting into who 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 would this be equivalent to? I can't think of one, but it wouldn't be active because the time the time frame is too short for how long. Couture was a deep deep rivalry. Him leaving, but then he came back. Remember, he came back against Brock. And then he and then and then the rivalry started again. He kind of got fizzled out post, but it wouldn't even be as big as this. And and who would get a pop like that? When yeah. was the last time we saw CM Punk in WWE? 2014, January of 2014. And then he was gone for seven and a half years, and then he returned in August of 2021 as a part of uh, AEW in Chicago at the United Center. That's when they gave out the ice cream bars and all that stuff. I will say he. He became a panelist before the pandemic, maybe a few months before the pandemic. It was like six or so months, if my timeline is correct. When WWE did their deal with Fox, they had a uh, a weekly sort of magazine show called uh, WWE Backstage that they shot out of the studio in LA where the UFC on Fox stuff used to be. And then they hired him, and that was a huge deal because he was completely out of that's pro right, wrestling. I remember that. He hated pro wrestling. The feelings he had, he never wanted. That's part of the reason why he came to MMA. He never wanted to do anything related to pro wrestling again. Not about that. And then he showed up on that, and then I was like, holy shit, he's showing up on this. Like He's still talking about the product, so that's like one step. And then he returns to AEW, and then he has that run in AEW, from August of 21 to August of 22, which culminates 
in this press conference where he shits on everyone and he mm-hmm. says the executives can't, you know, run a Walmart and all this stuff. And he's sitting next to Tony Khan. And then he is pretty much persona non grata for a year. He comes back earlier this year and then he has another falling out and then they release him. And then here's Nick Khan scooping him up. This is, I, I think this is a massive blow to AEW. And uh, I mean, if you're in the locker room, I don't know. It's it's interesting because WWE is on fire right now. They yeah. are on fire. So I saw there were some people saying like, oh, don't, you know, don't ruin the chemistry. Don't ruin the locker room. Don't ruin the vibes. But I don't think he's going to be that way back there. That's just my opinion. And I don't think they're going to use him every week like AEW used him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And th- this feels- was in Chicago. So in like, Chicago. That's, that's his spot. Allstate. Full government name, Chicago made. <laughs> Chicago made. I mean, originally, originally the rumor, he's never actually confirmed. The original rumor was Chick Magnet. Then it was Chicago made. And now it's just CM. Uh, you, you said it was a blow to AEW, but it's almost like unavoidable, right? Because they can't have him back. Yes. There's been too much there. So like it would have had to be he rides off into the sunset, but WWE snatched him up. And and so just uh just to be clear on this, like you said the the copyrights ran. So like this yeah, is at yeah, the yeah. very end of the show. Very end of the show. I think it's over and it's they like bring a him thing. out. It's like a thing in WWE like when the you know the pay-per-view is over when the copyright thing comes up, the little bug. Okay, so this was a pay-per-view. This was a oh, it's pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, actually okay. it's a premium PLE, live event. PLE now. They call it a PLE cuz on Peacock you can't like you don't do the $50 anymore. You okay. just get it with the subscription. So the copyright goes, they go to the wide shot, and you're like, all right, it's over. And they did that once before last October with the, with the return of Bray Wyatt. And then that music hits. And the place, I mean, did you see the clip? No, I still haven't seen the clip. You still haven't seen the clip? The place went fucking ape shit. The place yeah, went, you got to see the clip. You would love I'll the watch clip. the clip. I'll watch the clip. The clip is unbelievable. I felt like the fans watch it right now. Gri- gripped them a little too strong, if I'm Ah, they were loving a, it. I wanted, a, I wanted a beat more. It like ended, a, like I just wanted a, I wanted a morsel more, but I guess that's, you know, I'm, brilliant. I'm not like so, a weekly viewer or anything. I wanted more than like just walk out. I, yeah. I was like, where's but the now like he's, future? Now he's showing up at uh, Raw tonight. Raw tonight. Him and Randy right. Orton are back. And you know what's the great thing about this? Everything's been blurred. What's a shoot? What's a work? So there's the clip of Seth Rollins. Oh, God. You know, flipping him off. Shoot work. There's there's Rhea Ripley flipping him what off. Do you mean shoot work? That's the most obvious work of all time. Drew McIntyre went to the locker room. Yeah, he's upset. So shoot work. You know, remark. If you, if my sources are saying the Drew thing's legit. I think the Seth thing legit is... Legit in what way? What's the legit? Upset. They're upset. They're upset. No so one what? knew. Only two Suck people knew. Up. You work oh. for WWE. Oh, my God. This is great. You I think Seth it. Rollins, who's been in this Just... business for that long, doesn't realize what's happening? He thinks, you know what? This is the moment. I've worked with all these people. All of a sudden, there's no, I a million the, people in this the arena. Seth thing is and I'm just going to lose my mind. Uh, there's nobody watching. I'm just going to do this. Of course, it was a work. People were like, look at Michael Cole holding it back. Marks, oh, it's definitely marks. real. All right. Rick, you said the fans gripped them too hard, like yeah. and they went too crazy. Yeah, they were the freaking wait, like. Wait I'm watching it right now. I mean, they're going you pretty see crazy. When he goes to each corner, oh, they're like they're like I, I naked choking. I love all the Chicago. Uh, yeah, the flags. Uh, I realize within his logo, it's like Chicago yeah. stuff. He's he's Mister Chicago. He's royalty. Can you tell me about our truth coming back. I heard that. Our truth was a big one. That was a big one. They had a nice little and Randy uh, Orton. Yeah, Randy Orton came back. That was that was announced. Um, Randy Orton, by the can way, I holy just, shit, can I just he looks in phenomenal shape. Yes. WWE's promo packages are the greatest thing Amazing. in production. Just I don't watch, and 
in three minutes, they catch me up on the storyline, make me invest in somebody. I'm excited for the match. And I've never seen anything like it. Like, it just works every single time. The, the, the way they cut it, the drama, the music, I, I can picture it because every time I've watched it, I'm like, I don't really even like watching the wrestling part of it. But in the trailer, it looks amazing. Like, I'm thinking to myself, like, if I watch this just on a Monday or whatever, it would look so corny. But then when I watch it in the trailer, I'm like, this is the greatest thing that's ever been done. So whoever does those, whatever team is responsible for those, those should be the highest paid people at WWE. They're incredible. Oh, my God. It was, uh, it, 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 they've always been this way. Like, I, I got to do that one package for them. Um, <laughs> these, these people are, like, distraught. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like... I did that one package for them for uh, yeah. Extreme Rules, and I just, like, voiced it, and then all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, this got the WWE promo. Like, the, yeah. the, the, the treatment. Yes. Oh that was good. Almost made... 5 million views in one day. Oh yeah. Oh, anything, anything I saw tweeted or or where did you watch that? Because it. it's like a it's like a gazillion views on every platform. Yeah, this is, this is on WWE's YouTube page. But oh, anything yeah, that Twitter. I saw on any social, like the Triple H post, got like two hundred thirty thousand likes. Like, and so the Triple H thing was perfect because it was uh, what did he write? A mighty cold day in hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the beef was in large part between the two of them. I yeah. just love. I it's uh, well, it's, I think Punk had a few. He had a beefs. few. Yeah. But the one he didn't have a beef with was Nick Khan. Yep. So now is is Raw tonight like going to be huge? It's going to be oh, gigantic. Yeah. They're, gonna, they're gonna have a, a someone. Are you going to watch Rick? I'm going to watch. This is where I'm out. Uh, nah. I watched the event because there was no UFC. I, I can't watch. Uh, Raw. I'm still waiting for next year's Royal Rumble, baby. Uh, it's clock back. January Tampa. This is that's yeah, the next yeah. one. Are we going to WrestleMania 40 and uh, it's, WrestleMania it's, it's 40? It's a stone's throw away. Really? That's what I'm saying. What about what place we can stay? Um, <laughs> Hotels uh, In Philly? Yeah Easy We might do our own show there Wow um, I'm sending you this This So the, the tweets afterwards Because the funny thing about when, when Nick Khan took over as president of WWE Everyone shat on him Because they blamed him for all the um, You know all the uh, The layoffs and stuff like that And who knows I, I don't know who was in charge of what But the tweets yesterday like praising him for this return were pretty amazing. I sent you one, uh, Connor. <laughs> this one, this one was pretty good. If you want to pull it up in a moment, uh, it's he's the a, one he's vetting it now. It's the one where uh, Tony Khan and uh, Tony Schiavone are cutting a promo on him, and he says, "Oh there's, yeah, where he there's says room there's for... only room for one Khan, right?" <laughs> yes, in in the wrestling business, and it's yeah, me. It's... That's great. Can we put that up? Can we put that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you give me a second, I can. Someone's, someone puts uh, so the caption for the tweet is, Nick Khan been putting up MJ numbers since this promo. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but isn't it a thing? Like, honestly, didn't AEW strike the most recent blow before this, right? They took um, Edge from WWE. That's not some mistake. Oh, no. What was the most recent Cody one? Rhodes. That they, was after that? No, Cody Rhodes was l two WrestleManias ago. Oh, so that is the most recent one. Oh, most recent, but this started long before that. No, no, no. The most recent, I'm saying. Like, what was the score heading into this is what I'm saying. Oh. And then WWE took... Um, uh, Jade Cargill. Yes, yeah. Jade Cargill. So that, that, that was a big one, too, because she was like a homegrown talent. Yeah. Um, MJF, obviously, is a, is a massive name, but 
Uh, yeah, I mean, they also got Daniel Bryan. He didn't Bryan. switch. He no, switched? he didn't. No, he oh, didn't. Okay. Uh, but he's talked about, you know, his desire. Uh, yeah, yeah. Twenty. I mean, he's been on this show, 2024, right. baby. Uh, Daniel Bryan uh, went over. That was a bit of a surprise. But these are a while ago. Moxley. Moxley, and those are kind the of The recent like, ones is Edge. Yeah, Edge is the most and... recent one. But, like, this is this is seismic. This... No, no, this is, yeah, but, the, I mean, the difference is they didn't want him for all uh, intents and Edge, purposes. Edge, Edge. Edge had, I think Edge is an incredible, incredible town hall of famer, one of the greatest of all time. It felt like there was nothing, and he said it himself, there was nothing left for him. I think people, the st- you have 10 years now of bad blood of CM Punk, the pipe bombs, remember Vegas yeah. pipe bombs, like just not knowing where this is going to go, who he's going to feud with, what he's going to say, work, shoot, it's all just great. It's all just yeah. great. And I'm sure, you know, the Freakazoids are all upset about it and all that. Just enjoy. Where did the it. term "freakazoids" come? from? I don't know. I just said it that day. I just said it. I I love pro wrestling. I have no no bones to pick with anyone. This is this is this is this is nineties, late nineties, early two thousands. WCW, WWE. Like this is great. This is why it's great to have a number two. This is why I wish there was a number two in MMA, so people go back and forth, and it's a big deal. You know what I mean? Do you not feel you could keep up with wrestling? And this is just me, like I'm not trying to harsh anybody's mellow or, or ruin anybody's experience i feel like i can cons- i only uh, i've talked about this before i only consume wrestling media right like i sure. listen to a wrestling podcast i kind of you know see some stuff on twitter and i feel like i got it like i feel like i can there's a, there's a lot the drama but i don't have to watch it there's a lot Do you not feel like you can oh i'm not i'm not watching like you know three hours here time. on monday there's too much wrestling it's nah well, i'll be honest with you i go to i got enough mma as it is like there's too much of that i too. go to the tnt sports wwe page i'll listen to a yeah. few podcasts here or there yeah. you see some links and you feel like you're you're up to speed same it takes it takes a, a special one to get me to watch but no ufc i, I did watch this one on peacock uh, all right we got the con okay here's uh, the here's this was a couple of years ago when there was some talk that uh, WWE and in particular Nick Khan was trying to ruin his relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling I believe it was uh, here's Tony Khan son of Shad Khan owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars also the Fulham Football Club um, cutting a promo a rare, this was an online only thing I believe a rare sort of shoot promo on the other side and this tweet was uh, this video got brought up because this individual uh, Sean Slate wrote, Nick Khan has been putting up MJ numbers since this promo. Here's the aforementioned promo. In fact, I think there's only room for one Khan in the wrestling business, Nick. And it's me. It's Tony Khan. It's not some con man from Connecticut. Have a fun show tonight, Nick. <laughs> Jaguar shirt. Yeah. Tony Schiavone, shout out. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta yeah. radio legend. Yeah. Oh, big fan of mine. Um, <laughs> he's not from Connecticut, for the record, but I get it. WWE's uh, yeah. based in Connecticut, but uh, it's been, I mean, getting Cody away, the Jade signing, this one, this one's a little bit different, I understand. Uh, I wonder if Tony would do it the same. He had to do something because the locker room was kind of in shambles um, and divided over what had happened, but golly, that's that's a big, Who big... could he go out and get right now that would t- turn the tide? It's hard for me to say because I don't know the uh, the status of everyone's deals. You know, what, what if I mean? he just got Brock Lesnar tomorrow? Yeah, I mean that'd be pretty fucking huge. Yes, I mean so there we go. He's got his work cut out. <laughs> cut the check. You saw uh, the Ronda Rousey theory. Yes, 
that WWE asked CM Punk to do the stuff in the locker room. Nah, this is crazy. I just thought it yesterday. That was funny. Uh, no. Leave it to Frank to chime in with it. I was going to say, Frank, been quiet, man. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Amanda Serrano for 25 minutes, and he didn't say a word. Now um, Punk R- Ronda Rousey showed up in ROH, Ring of Honor, which is owned by Tony Khan. Oh, interesting. Wait, Ronda Rousey's not with WWE? Well, apparently not, because she showed up at the event like two weeks ago. It was, this. you know, it was it was like a womp womp, you know? There was, okay. no, there was nothing there. So, like, you, you might think if you're a casual, like, oh, they get Ronda Rousey. Wait, but why isn't she in AEW? No, none of it makes sense. Okay. Definitely. I don't even know if that was televised. I saw it because Ramundi was there in the front row and uh, got it on his cell phone or something. Is, is this wrestling that we're talking about still? Yeah. This is wrestling. So Tony Khan also owns, just like PFL, he owns a secondary promotion called Ring of Honor. So he was asking me, is there someone that Tony Khan can now get from it WWE? Ronda. She's not big enough, right? Uh, no. Wrestling world-wise. I don't, uh, I don't by know. the way, I don't think even getting Brock Lesnar would be as big as this. As big as Because this. of the history. Because of the yeah. bad blood. Because of the, holy shit, what is he going to say tonight? And holy shit, who is he going to work with? And how is that all going to pan? Is he going to be the guy to beat Roman Reigns? Oh, my God. You know yourself. It's fantastic. <laughs> Would I get? You're so excited. Would I, I get what like is going on if I tuned in tonight? What what you would get no, you is get the backstory. What you would? Nah, I don't even think. I think you got the backstory right here. I mean, do you need ten years worth of podcast interviews? No. What you just you need to know do. is this guy said I would never come back here. This guy said it would be a cold day in hell if I ever stepped foot in this ring ever again. This guy was served on his wedding day. This guy, the week of his last UFC fight, was in court. This guy said a lot of Raised things. Raised questions about how his health was taken care of while he was coming. Thought he was dying. Yeah. Um, then he showed up two years ago, a little over two years ago, in the rival promotion and said, I'm home and I'm so happy and I found my love again. And then what destroyed channel? the locker room <laughs> and, <laughs> and left. And left, yeah. What channel is it on? USA? Uh, USA. Uh, nice. Eight o'clock tonight. All right. Now, do they kick it oh, off? Man. Do they start the show with it or do you build it up? I have you have to start because okay. he's not going to wrestle, right? I mean, I assume not. Um, oh hell no! You're not giving this away. He's, yeah, so you, you maybe show he shows it. up at at uh, maybe he shows up at uh, Royal Rumble, meaning in a wrestling capacity. Yeah. WrestleMania we'll, for sure. We'll see you there, Punk. Also, I also, I mean, there's so much here. There's so much here because like Raw, the the Raw deal is done at the end of next year. So now you can, if 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 this like proves to be a big ratings, uh, you know, victory. Now you're heading into negotiations. Yeah, because nice I don't know if you guys know this, but SmackDown's on Fox now. SmackDown's going to USA next year. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. The, uh, as I mentioned I last week on the show, things. NXT going from USA to the CW. Wow, shout out to the CW. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, you got to keep up. There's a lot going on. Uh, PBC, Amazon. I see uh, the Twitter sphere talking about that. Shout out Benson. <laughs> <laughs> Have we finally broken through into the boxing space when we get a a, a Benson a Benson mention a Benson mention? Benson mention, yeah. I mean, is Michael prolific. Benson a real person? He's is prolific. He... You, you know what? Don't don't dare slander the man who. I'm raised, not slandering. I just raised... want to. Has anyone oh, seen him? Me, you're not slandering. You're asking if he's a real person. I've never if, seen as him. As if you don't. He's just him, his his. Is he our is Jedi Goodman? And, and and small. No, I'd say he's he's not as specific to the one like he is just everything boxing he everything. if you if you need to know about boxing you can follow him and nobody else yeah, he's and great. you will learn everything in fact so much so that i learned this morning that it seems like 
my boys are going to be fighting in February. So oh, that's right. Shout February out to 3rd. Benson for making me aware of it because uh, early Christmas <clears throat> present for yours truly, uh, Connor Ben versus uh, Chris Eubank Jr. I mean, yeah. let's, let's do it, please. At Hotspur Stadium, right? Biggest fight of the year. Uh, I'm just happy it's not in Saudi. Like, there's certain fights that have to you be in certain locations. You have to in the UK. You yeah. have to. You have to. Um, all right, and then Benavides wins. It was a great night. I enjoyed it. Great fight. I mean, Canelo versus Benavidez, yes? That's the one. Has to be the I one. F- I feel like it's not going to happen. For uh, Maybe I'm just too pessimistic. I no, feel like I all these like, no-brainers just don't happen. They're both PBC guys. Yeah. Should happen. Um, how'd you guys do? We won. You did? Yeah, another big dub here. What, what is that? No, I don't know. I, just, I mean, we sounded way too. Lately. You sounded Easy too work. shocked there. You sounded too shocked. I'm. I'm sorry to say. Is this the the highest we've ever been? Plus four point eight for the old. No, because I think we line? started like plus like seven off like the oh, yeah, rip yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> still, I mean, we're still ten down from five hundred, twenty six <laughs> and thirty six. But yeah, I mean, fairly easy dub here. I mean, OAM very close fight going into round five, but he gets it done. Other than that, I mean, a little worried, I guess, when when Katie Taylor got knocked down in round one, but. Uh yeah, big dub. Nice work, guys. I mean, uh, Frank's hero coming back this week. Bobby Green fighting again. Will he pick him? Won't he pick him? That's right, our hero. I mean, yeah. he saved our butts. Well, a lot of people talking. Why is that Frank's hero? He Bobby picked him. literally the best. Picked in the Parlay like Boys, twenty in the Parlay Boys. Oh, okay. two weeks ago against he Grand thought Boston. he was a favorite and picked him as a three twenty dog and nailed it. Nailed I mean, it. it was incredible. The man. I mean, the guy's digging in the tape. He he knows. He knows. So good on Frank uh, and good on the Parlay boys. I mean, it feels like ever since we've had uh, Juliana join the crew, he's Killing on fire. It. Killing on it. Fire. Love to see it. Uh, my picks? Yes. PFL? A lot of picks there. A lot wow. of picks. Uh, seven and five on singles. One and one on the parlays. Felt like we left a lot on the table. Uh, I had Pacheco by knockout. Thought we were going to get that a couple times over. Um, unfortunately, did not. Uh, and then... I mean, Nicholson Wildheart going, uh, getting the KO there. Told Killed you. this parlay. You, you. Did tell me. You, did tell yeah, me. you did tell me. Yeah. You did tell me. Uh, what, what was the statistics across uh, amateur and pro career if you had taken her by stopping? No, You'd still be down like 13K. No. Um, final results. Another winning week. 17 of 19, 16 of 18, something like that since July 1st. I mean, can't keep up. It's been so long at this point. I mean, we are really running on a heater. And that brings us to the final recap for the month of November. And what do you know? I mean, I don't know what it is. It's it, November has become my month, not only this year, but last year too. Clean sweep across the board. Once I know the pressure is on and I'm donating my winnings to charity, I just take it up a notch. November, last two times, 8-0 across the weeks. I've not had a losing week in November since 2021. So that feels good. And that brings us... Now that November has come to an end, almost 10 units up in the month, which, as I said at the beginning, donating all the winnings, and that is exactly what I did. 478 smackaroonies right over there to November. There is still time to donate if you want to. All the funds go to help men's health and men's specific diseases. We've, I mean, we've raised over, I mean, already over 1,000 this uh, this time around, so over 5,000 overall. Uh, you can scan the QR code. Link in my bios on social. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to Movember. I, I have to say goodbye to the mustache now. The beard's starting to grow back in. December is uh, just a few days away. Uh, so 
11 more months till we get the mustache back. That's a really cool thing. Shout out to you for for doing that. Yeah, it's incredible. Shout out to Movember. Uh, and Mr. I do, Movember. At this I point. like that you're I mean, growing in the beard here, but leaving the stash. Oh, yeah. I feel like it, it, I really get a nice look once it's like five o'clock shadow, but the full mustache, it, it looks good. It looks, uh, you know. Oh, it's fantastic. Might have to bring the cowboy hat out. It really, it really works well. You and Impa. Me and Impa. Yeah, he looked great in that cowboy hat after winning a million dollars. And then uh, just lastly, it's not a big hitter. I just have to discuss this with you guys. Uh, this is actually a bad beat of the week. Our man Trent took Katie Taylor to win and be knocked down in round one. What? 300 to one. What? He also took Katie Taylor to be knocked down in either rounds one or two, 80 to one. Wow. And Katie Taylor to be knocked down in the first minute of any round, 17 to one. So uh, lost all of them. I mean, one of them, the Katie Taylor to win and be knocked down in round one would have won him $1,500. Oh my God! Wow, disgusting work. The Katie Taylor to be knocked down in either rounds one or two would have won him another four hundred. So almost two grand left on the table. Was the knockdown or the 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 slip? Did that happen in the first minute of the first round? Uh, I feel like it might have been later on. So he would have lost that one, but almost. I mean, it's only two minutes around, right? So it, it couldn't have been that far yeah, off. Yeah, true, true. Oh my God! He le- a lot of money left that on is the horrific. table. Horrific. A lot of money wow. left on the table. Oh, that hurts. Oh my dear, poor guy. The Katie Taylor to win and be knocked down in round one, three hundred to one, gotta, is crazy. This guy needs a picture on like that's the, plus the that's, beat Hall of Fame. That's plus thirty thousand. Ay ay ay. Not as bad as that one. I saw a guy who who did a parlay on all the um, Premier League games on Saturday, and the one that he lost was Luton Town beating Crystal Palace, oh. which was just. I mean, uh, Boontown, uh, Rick, is not exactly one of the best teams. Okay. Um, out of relegation. Is? No, but, you know, I would think most people thought that they were at least going to Right, it seemed like a them. sure thing. Yeah, and that's the one he lost on. Uh, that sucks. Anyway, that's money, you know? That is money. Next time, Trent. Next yeah. time. Yeah. Um, by the way, shout out to our guy, Anthony Smith, taking five short notice, Khalil yeah. Roundtree. Yeah, big one. A lot of yeah, announcements. Don't walk in the park. Love matchup. A lot of announcements from D-Dubs. Oh, yeah, I loved it. We were getting the Thanksgiving. Uh, Where was he? I felt like he was at his house for Thanksgiving. I mean, he Just out in the back? Up, the lights, yeah. Well, didn't he say, unless I'm mistaken, somebody will correct me, I think he said here in Austin, didn't he? Yes, he did. So he did. that would mean he's in Austin. He's probably got a house there. In Austin? Or maybe visiting Buddy Joe Rogan? Who knows? Uh, it could be. It didn't look like Austin. He said here in Austin in the video. That's all I, I remember hearing. Get there a week early. He's got to get ready for fight week. You'll but here in Austin for what? Because Anthony Smith is not in Austin. He's the following. No, no, no. no, no, no. that in the uh, Jalen Turner announcement video. Oh, okay. All right, fine. Really? All right. Fine, 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 fine. Anyway, good Thanksgiving, guys. Great Thanksgiving. Did some tabletop gaming with Frankie. Really? Yeah, I got a picture of it, actually. Wow. Look at there us. it is. <laughs> Tabletop gaming. What is this game? Explain this. Oh, God. It's going to take a while to explain. What is it's it called? Fun. Life? Oh, the it just looks like cards. It doesn't look like it's oh, played no, on a it's... tabletop. Yeah, it's expansive. It was played on a tabletop. We were sitting down. Frank's breaking out all these rules. I was like, yeah, we got to go in 18 minutes. He's just like, all right. Uh, I won't get too far. What's it called? Then. The Crew. Oh, I thought you were talking about The Crew in the picture or that was playing. It's called The Crew. Wow, it's never heard crew, of that. Yeah. We actually played two games, another one called Flux. Yeah, we don't need to talk about the other one. Uh, I won both times, so him, oh, and, wow. uh, him and his wife quit. Wow. Yeah. 
Frank. They rage quit in a tabletop game. We let which is him. Something I never thought I'd say. Let him get the illusion of success, so he would stay committed to playing. Where was and this? And then he beat you again. So it was at my house. Oh wow! It was nice. Ricky, an invite or what? Uh, it's an invite <laughs> to all. Thanksgiving. I was uh, I was with my my daughter on her birthday, so I wasn't coming in. Just your daughter? Well, it's her birthday. Thanksgiving is her birthday, so it was we had family over. Uh, what about that? I saw a great interview in New York Rick on the Found Generation podcast. Oh my gosh! If you want to learn more about what makes this man tick, I mean, two weeks ago, do you great feel one like was, it was? I feel like you learn more about Troy than you learn nah, about me it was in great. the interview. Just the way your mind works. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I listened to the whole thing before we even got in. It felt like I had spent an entire day with Rick, and then yes. I didn't see him. I was like, hey, what's up, man? Great stuff. Check it out. It's good? Found Is this it. bad? What are we, what are no, we... this was great. I enjoyed it. I, uh, the Both interviews I liked. The one with yeah. uh, GC two weeks ago and then the one with you. Great stuff. Yeah, if you're a fan of, of this show, go check out The Found Generation. Troy, uh, TST to The Initiated. Uh, he has a podcast, and both myself and Connor were on it. All right, gents. Time to go. God bless. See you Wednesday. Frank, very quiet today. Is everything okay? Everything's great. Wow. Went to the music before I even asked for it. No. You have I a plane to catch? I'm mad about losing in flux. The no one loses in flux. That was the... Qu- simply... Sometimes I sit here and I'm like, is he going to play the music? This time you just went for it. Yeah. You okay? Yeah, man. I could stop it. Is there anything more annoying than someone being like, is everything okay, man? Everything I mean, okay. like... And then when you're like, I'm fine, and then they double down, like, you're are like, you sure? Are you sure everything's okay? Because... All right, everything's okay. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Oh, thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Had the turkey. Um, what pie ended up showing up? Pumpkin pie. I have to say, quite nice. Did you mention? Absolutely no, I was not. It was a no, pecan. absolutely not. Let's move on. Um, it was all good. It was all good. Pecan, pecan. I, I have determined that I like the cranberry, the stuffing, all the other stuff much more than the actual turkey. Good call. But do you only eat white meat? I'm more of a white meat kind of guy. Yeah. Kind of uh, venture out to the dark a little bit. You might feel like, hey, the turkey balances all these other things. I feel like the white meat is cleaner than the dark meat. I don't know why. That is a weird, (laughs) weird thing. I've always, no, I just feel like it's just healthier, is what I mean by cleaner. Like, I just. Drier. It's definitely dry. Is it drier? Oh, yeah. Really? I used to be the same way. Like I only eat the white meat. had a dark meat once. I'm like, this is a whole other world. And and what part of the uh, the bird is typically dark meat? Like the thigh, the leg, everything but the breast and the meat. Mm. All right. Well, The head. Uh, thank you very much to all our guests. Olivia Aubin-Mercier, Joe Piper, Impa Kasangane, Mike Kogan, and Sky Nicholson. Great day. Great show. Thanks to them. Thanks to all of you. Back on Wednesday. Thank you so much.